They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it I never it. took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers. It's hard to get a start in these parts without paper. Homie, I grew up in hell. A block away from heaven. That corner Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to The Powercast. And we will be recapping Power, Book 2, Ghost, Episode 10 of the first season. And this is the season finale. Um, and it was very explosive, so uh, lots to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and that right there is Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. Uh, what's up, listeners and viewers? Mm-hmm. And we're also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am doing a lot better than Tasha right now. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, she 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 might be good now for a while. Um, but you know, we'll. I don't know about we'll that. We're, we're, we're getting into that. That that location is actually a real location, so we'll get into that. Oh well, yeah, we'll. Oh, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, um, so yeah, this was the power finale, um, and we all expected, you know, some some surprises, and you know, some major things happening, and hopefully a lot of like plot threads tying up and things like that, and. Hopefully some excitement for what's to come in the future as well. And, um, well, I guess we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what we thought of it. But I, I feel like they did deliver somewhat. So, um, yeah, let, let's, uh, there's no other way to, to, you know, summarize this. Let's just get right into the episode because a lot happened and, you know, it was crazy. Um, so let's break this down piece by piece. Um, I'm just going to focus on, you know, the specific moments um, and then, you know, we'll kind of analyze and discuss how we feel about it. So, um, first off, you know, I mean, uh, there, you know, there's some, there's some major things to discuss, but let, let's get there gradually first. So I'm going to, I'm going to start, you know, with, uh, with some of the minor points of the episode. Um, and I guess we can start at the, at the beginning, basically. Um, and that is, you know, when, uh, Monet is meeting with Rico, who, you know, the week before Rico actually uh, tried to assassinate Monet um, during like a drug deal that they had set up and everything. Uh, he shot up the bar and everything like that. So, um, and, and that bar always gets shots up now, it seems. But yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, Monet decides to meet Rico. Um, and, you know, there's a scene where she arrives with her, her backup or her muscle, if you will. And, you know, um, the. Rico has his muscle and he, he you know he pats down Monet a little bit just to make sure you know everything's good um but he lets Monet through and tells his tells her muscle to just stand there like he doesn't let the muscle go in and then she meets with Rico who's acting a little um, a little arrogant and obnoxious um but yeah um she she ends up actually killing Rico in this scene and this kind of put a stop to a lot of like the theories that we had about you know the Rico character. So 
I wanted to ask you, Rich, um, how did you feel about, you know, Monet just, just killing him off like that, like, so quick and simple? Um, and, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, I know when they introduced this character, we actually saw the character in the, in the previous episode, so, you know, the actor's name is Jackie Long. Uh, I believe we mentioned on the last po Power Cast, you know, we like this guy as an actor. We hope to see more of him. So, uh, yes, just, uh, just a, ver a very quick uh, cameo appearance on the show. Um, but again, I, th I think it, it made sense for them to kill him off because, you know, you have to assume that since he pretty much had the intent of killing Monet and her kids, um, he had to pay for that one way or another. Now, I thought they was going to play a long game where they eventually got him back. But the fact that they just... Awesome. They just got rid of him quickly in the next episode. That just goes to show how quick they can take out people on this show. Um, I definitely would have liked to have seen more of that character and his development. But I think when you when you go to what happened last week with uh, Ramirez getting killed, I guess there was something major that had to happen in this episode that would apply more pressure on Monet and the rest of the family. So I guess. This is the only route that they was able to go. Um, I, I am disappointed because I didn't want to see more of this character, but I, I totally understand the decision, so I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because like for me, it's like because um, this is kind of like a notable actor or a recognizable one. You know, yeah. his profile is like big enough to where you like we we know where he's from, we know what movies he's been in, and stuff like that. Um, so it's like, you know, why cast someone like that and then, you know, just get rid of them instantly? Like, it's just... Because it, when they cast these people, it's like, okay, it, it seems like this character is going to have longevity in the show because you're casting someone that's, you know, that has kind of a high profile um, in their acting and stuff. Um, so, I, I you know, I, I, I thought he was going to be around for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if they plan on using him in like maybe um, it, it, I don't know if uh, Tommy's uh, show is going to delve into the past or something, and maybe he'll show up. Uh, I don't know, but um, I don't know if we'll ever see him again. You know, in re in regards to like flashback scenes or anything like that. But it does seem um, seems upsetting that they got rid of him so fast because I feel like he could have played a major role in you know the storyline moving forward if they wanted to so well yeah because uh, a lot of those other connects they they also got killed but they you you saw them for a lot longer uh you know remember jason from last season getting yeah. choked out by ghosts and then of course lobos yeah you, you, you've seen these characters develop for a while though but with this character it's like he got introduced and then he got immediately killed off right in the next episode so i understand that uh he does have a lot of fans uh so they probably was a little, I don't know, disappointed by that. But again, in, within the context of the storyline, it makes sense that there had to be some people getting killed in this episode. So I'm, I'm okay with the decision um, if there was no alternative path for them to go. <laughs> yeah, maybe the actor was asking for too much money and they, they were like, nah, we weren't paying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess. But hey, it's all it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, Dana, how how did you feel about um, Monet getting rid of Rico like that? 
Well, you know, there have been actors that were very prominent or just people who were prominent that were on the show that really didn't get that, that full arc. I never got to see um, Kendrick Lamar again. That upset me. Mm. I thought he was great. But but there's, um, a, there's a possibility but, he could come yeah. back, though. Well, yeah, everything's a possibility. I mean, we just don't know the timelines of the upcoming show. We know about Raising Canaan, but we don't know about the other shows and how that timeline um, kind of interacts with this one. Um, but yeah, for, for Rico, I would have loved to have seen him a bit more. Um, maybe not kill off everybody during the first you know, season of, of the final finale. But you know, again, having the heart back to the wire, this is that kind of life where nobody is safe, no matter what. And you may get introduced to them for one episode and then they're dead. Um, remember Cedric the Entertainer, for example, he had a whole oh, yeah. story. Yeah, and it, you know, boom, he's dead. I was like, I really wanted to know what his story was. So I think it's just all part of the game. It's also part of the game as an actor. You never know how long your character is going to last. Period. Um, so I think that Monet taking him out, you know, for me was always Rico. We always heard about the name Rico, 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 and then we finally got to see him, and then he just was just murdered. To me, it kind of felt. Um, not necessarily sad, but like, you know, when you build up something and you keep hearing the name and then you just knock them off and you're like, well, that felt empty, it felt empty inside because I didn't get a chance to actually see him in, a- in action. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just part of the game, man. Like 50 said. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, it is a shame that, you know, um, I, I guess it's like the street Game of Thrones at this point. Like, because, you know, you, ne- you never know. You never know who's going to get knocked off next. But, um, yeah. But yeah, just uh, just wanted to touch on that quickly. But there is a lot, you know, a lot more juicier things to discuss than that. So let's keep going. Um, so the investigation into the pool death at, at, you know, at the school is ongoing. And um, there's a scene where Carrie and Jabari interview Everett. And, you know, Everett is kind of nervous during the interview and he name drops Drew. Um, and, you know, he kind of like, he kind of says a little too much. Um, but then, you know, Carrie, who who's conscious of the fact that, you know, she's connected to Zeke and that, you know, that could potentially, you know, um, be a thing that comes out. She, you know, she kind of steers him in the direction of saying, you know, um, you, you were drunk that night and, and he kind of like, he takes the bait. And, you know, he makes it seem like, you know, he can't remember everything because, you know, he's drunk and, and he might be confusing, you know, the day with another day or something like that. So, um, so yeah, that's how that interview ends. So, real quick, I just wanted to ask you guys because because uh, obviously we didn't get like a full resolution to this in, in this episode because um, there was so many things going on. But I want to ask you guys, do you think that, you know... Um, this will this will um, have a negative impact on Everett the fact that you know he dropped so many details during this interview um, and of course this was sort of like relayed later on you know in the investigation and stuff so um, what do you guys think about that scene and where does this kind of leave Everett now um, so go ahead Rich uh, well I, I, I mean in terms of him confessing 
that Drew was involved in taking it back. I don't know if that information in particular is going to get back to Drew, but it, I do believe that it they he's definitely going to have some issues with his relationship with Drew now. Because we only we saw Drew in this episode. Obviously, he was still in the hospital. Um, I, I feel like the character is definitely going to change uh, for the worse now that he did get shot. I mean, I mean it, that can go in any direction, but I kind of feel like since he was hesitant to step into that role before, then he got shot. I feel like that's definitely going to have a negative impact on his relationship um, moving forward with Everett. So that's probably how Everett's going to pay the price. And but 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 I I am curious to see if it is ever revealed that he was the one that mentioned that Drew might be involved. Because if so, then that's that's going to put uh, you know Drew may have to you know be forced with the difficult decision of having to keep Everett quiet. Um, and if that means that he needs to take him out because he won't keep quiet, then. That could happen also, but I just feel like uh, I, one way or another, it's going to definitely impact their relationship. But beyond that, I'm not sure if any of that information is going to ever get back to Drew that Everett was the one that said that he was involved. Okay, and uh, any thoughts on that, Dana? I think that not right now, <clears throat> but I do feel that later on it could end up being that, that you know, you remember that one time Situation. I don't think that that is going to be the main focus, but it. I hope that they included it so that they can circle back on it later on. Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll see more of this, uh, you know, in the next season probably. Um, and I guess this um, we'll, we'll get straight to the next point I wanted to talk about because it, it it includes Drew. So. Um, Kane actually visits Drew in hospital you know he's conscious and everything um, he thinks that you know um, Monet and Diane are still there but um, you know instead it's Kane that actually enters the room and you know Drew is kind of cold uh, towards Kane at first he gives him the cold shoulder and everything um, and then you know he basically says you know you messed up and now Ramirez has to kind of bail us out and help us and then, of course, you know, Kane kind of reacts to that because he, he he killed uh, Ramirez and got rid of the body. Um, and he kind of like slips slips up and says, you know, like um, we we won't ever, you know, need Ramirez again or something to that extent. And you know, that basically tells Drew that you know he got rid of Ramirez. And uh, yeah, he he's uh he's even more cold to him after that. And then also Kane keeps bringing up Tariq and saying that, you know, Tariq is the problem and they have to, you know, they have to uh, cut off Tariq or whatever. And Drew gets mad at him for that also and says that, you know, Kane, you're the one that's the problem, basically. So I want to ask you guys, um, you know, after this scene, I think this is the only scene in which we see Drew um, in this episode, but... Um, do you guys think that there will be some sort of sibling rivalry moving forward between Kane and Andrew? Um, do you see anything like that happening? So, what do you think, Dana? Well, yes. We saw that um, in the previous episodes that kind of fractured within the family. Kane is, at this moment, is feeling very isolated. Um, and we've seen him retaliate. Now we have to see what we're going to go and watch how the other brother reacts as well so I do see this being one of those am I my brother's keepers moments um, nice it, reference. it just shows that it's one of those huh 
nice reference. Oh, oh yes, thank you. <laughs> um, it just feels like one of those natural progression of things. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, we we actually do see Drew, uh, Drew's, uh for like a quick second at the end of of the episode, but um, but yeah, we don't really see him doing much else in this episode. But um, but yeah, I mean, there has kind of been some tension between Kane and Drew, but it seems like it's it's mostly been friendly on Drew's end up until this point. Um, but I feel like now it might it might start to get a bit intensified especially if this investigation continues at the campus i think um i think that could you know <laughs> oh that that investigation will 100 percent continue now uh but we'll get into that later <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 well it well it's gonna it's gonna evolve now into a bigger investigation but but yeah oh yeah um, yeah but yeah, uh, Rich, what do you think about um, Kane and Drew in that scene? Like, do you think uh, this is gonna, you know, boil boil over to something deeper? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with what Dana said. Uh, we, we've already seen that tension building for quite some time. Um, it's going to definitely continue going into the next season. But I do think that Kane has another tactic that he will be using. Um, I'll get into that theory later, but to answer your question, yeah, this is there's going to continue to be issues because again, Kane does not like the fact that Tariq is now so important to this family and how they do their business. So I think that that's something that he's going to definitely try to resolve. Um, but in the meantime, he's going to continue to have tension with his brother behind this. And, and and I would also add his mother as well because we, we don't, by the end of this episode we don't see him once again get back in the family's good graces so we'll have to see how that progresses into season 2 yeah yeah indeed good good thoughts all over I, I actually, uh, I can't wait to see how, you know, how this plays out in the next season I, I feel like, um like this is the first time like I'll, I'll say this now like this is the first time in for for a while where I'm actually like really excited to see what, what happens next in power like I just want the, the next season <laughs> I want like the next season to start next week kind of thing oh whoa and, whoa and it hasn't you know it hasn't kind of been at that level in a while so I got uh, you know they, they did a good job with that with the suspense and everything but um that's just so interesting because I remember when we, when we were talking about this show before it even aired, no one wanted to see it. Yeah. Everyone was like, why isn't he dead? I don't want to see this. This is boring. And then now you're like, you know, when's the next episode? Season two. And, and, and I will also add, <laughs> it is shocking to hear that because Angela Valdez is not on this show. So to hear Gary said now he's excited to watch the show is even more uh more, even more uh, funny to think about because you know you're not going to see Angela, Gary. So that's uh, a very interesting comment. Yeah, but that, we're all looking forward to season two. <laughs> that is uh it's very sad that 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 there's no Angela. But um, <laughs> I, I have to say that um, Carrie was looking like a snack in this episode. So oh whoa whoa! <laughs> hey, that's not. Hey, that's not. I wanted some some snack. I want uh, some she's, she's making fun of my accent. Damn. <laughs> I would like to have her with some biscuits. <laughs> I would. I really would. But um. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah so um let's let's move on so this is um this is one of the you know uh pretty um interesting scenes that happened in this episode and it kind of like spirals um or it you know it kind of kickstarts what happens like everything that happens after this scene basically but um and that's you know Tariq's testimony so <laughs> so um you know Tariq puts on a nice uh kind of burgundy red sort of suit and then you know he ends he ends up in the courtroom um and he's talking to Sax and everything and he's supposed to you know he's supposed to basically um give his account of what happened that night at Truth when his father died so Sax is grilling him um you know with it with his questioning and everything but Tariq flips it on him basically and he says you know um I saw you that night what were you doing there basically and then um he he goes on to say um the only reason you call me here is because you followed me to the grave when I was talking to my 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 dead father and um I you know I said something so that's the reason why you call me to the stand and you know you're the one that actually made me get drugged that night so that I was in that state in the first place and stuff like that so the judge isn't too happy with these accusations and she you know she puts the the uh, testimonial on pause and calls everybody to the back and um, everybody's angry the the democrat guy gets in the mix he's angry uh what's that democrat's name again rich uh Stephen Ott Stephen Ott <laughs> there you go um so yeah he has a lot of power apparently <laughs> oh yeah yeah he he can like he he can like change any case basically like he can override any case he wants at this point uh but yeah um you know he he's hot and angry so they come to a conclusion that because this is this is now this this has turned into a very messy case um and you know it could easily lead to you know um sacks being you know imprisoned or something like that which would make them look very bad so they come up with you know a new strategy which is basically let tush let tush tasha go and um and she has to basically implicate tommy egan for the murder of jamie st patrick so you know those are the terms that they offer to you know tasha and Tariq, and Tariq. uh you know, he he kind of pushes, he nudges his mother in that direction, saying, "Just do it, so you can come home, um, and you know, we could be together and whatever." Um, and they're basically saying that they're they're going to send them into witness protection. They're going to have new lives and and yada yada yada. Um, but you know, I don't think Tariq really wants that. Um, that's not his plan. But you know, that's he he just wants his mother out at this point. So they kind of agree to the deal and the case comes to a close at that point so i want to ask you guys um what do you think about how they wrapped up this case so go ahead rich well i, I think it was very interesting how they deflected away from uh the fact that uh james st patrick was killed by Tariq into what was happening this whole season with riley spying on Tariq and basically setting him up so that he was in a, in, a, in a position to confess what he did so I, I when I saw that scene I, I, I you know I had I just I couldn't stop laughing at how he flipped the script I think we all knew that Tariq was not going to say what actually happened 
but the fact that he then going into that case knew about the video that was recorded of him all this other stuff that pretty much gave him the leverage he needed to basically go forward and then of course he had Tamika representing him which I'm pretty sure Sachs was not expecting or her to be involved in any of this so I, I think it, overall um, it was very well done now in terms of the whole thing with uh, confessing that Tommy was the killer I think I think I think we already knew that that was going to have some implications, which we'll get into later. But because this whole season, they kept saying Tasha has kept saying that Tommy is the one that killed Ghost. So, um, you know, her having to go into witness protection, yeah, that makes sense because the character obviously you can't just let her go free and then nothing happened to her. She has to get some type of protection. So, I'm glad that they went 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 in that direction as well. Uh, and the last point that I will make, because you, you brought it up earlier about Stephen Ott, I just want to say uh, I, I look forward to seeing how that character is going to shake things up whenever they do this uh, Tate show. Um, that character was has been very hilarious this whole season because clearly, you know, like he he made sure that he 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 had full control over what Sax was doing, so that 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 made it interesting. But he also created some conflict between Sax and um, and Method Man, uh, you know, in, in terms of how they operate and did what they did. So I, I look forward to seeing how that character is going to impact what's going on with Rashad Tate in their show. But overall, um, I thought it was pretty good how they wrapped it up. I knew that we couldn't go into season two and then have this case still lingering because it was just would have been it would have dragged on for far too long. Um, but in terms of the end result, I'm 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 satisfied with it because, as you said, of what what led to what happened after this this whole trial situation. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with that. So I have no complaints. <laughs> okay, and um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that um, I feel like you know um, it wasn't the cleanest of um, you know wrap ups for this case. I, I think mm-hmm. like I think uh, it because it dragged out throughout the whole season, and then you know just the way it came to a close was just very abrupt, and um, it was like you know it it was a it was a really weird technicality in which they decided to kind of end the case because um, you know like like you said it had nothing to do with. The, the you know the cases about who killed Jamie St. Patrick and you know while Sax was questioning Tariq it's like um, okay the judge said one time to you know stay Tariq like stay on track and answer Sax's questions but then he, he kept bringing it back to the gravesite scene you know where yep. uh, Sax followed him and it's like you know she just let him run rampant and didn't bring it back to you know the, the actual line of questioning and I, I understand that it's because you know um, it's it, now it's messy and and you know it seems like Sax is manipulating the situation and you know this this is an injustice basically. Uh, but you know it just seems like this is something that um, could have happened like earlier. I feel like like it's like you know it's, oh, yeah. I, I understand why they left it to this episode, um, especially with what comes after, but. You know, though it just seems like a very unsatisfying resolution to this case, considering the fact that we spent so much time watching it throughout the season. 
So well, you um, know, I I think there was at least one or two episodes where there was no nothing. The whole episode there was nothing, no update on what was going on with the case. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, that's why they decided to throw it in here so that they could have a final, uh, some some type of storyline to wrap up in regards to this. But I, I do agree that it was a quick, uh, a very quick decision. But again, I, I find it funny how. The DNC guy, Stephen Ott, is the one that even has control over the judge, and then tells the judge, "No, nope, you get you 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 get out of here. I'll 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 take it from here." That yeah. that was that, that 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 was very interesting to see that because obviously, you know that there's a lot of things that do happen behind the scenes. So I, I do believe some of that is believable, but that I guess was how they came to that resolution where that's how we're going to end this, and then there's not going to be any questions about it. But yes. uh Tariq did get off. They completely forgot about, didn't even mention James St. Patrick. And now I guess they're going to once again go to the theory that Tommy did it. So that, that, I guess that was their end game. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how are you going to kick the judge out of her room? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess, like, because these things actually do happen. There are a lot of, like, uh, you know, um, technicalities and injustices and stuff that um, lead to cases like kind of ending and stuff abruptly it happens in real life um, because you know it is a very corrupt industry like the you know the law business and stuff um, so so I, I get that part of it it's just it's just the fact that this was like you know dragged out sure there are a couple of episodes like you said where we didn't see an update but it just feels like we spent a lot of time watching this and just for it to just kind of end so so abruptly is like wow like I, I was expecting you know something a bit meatier to happen with uh Tariq's testimony it just felt it just felt like it happened very quickly um but but I, that's that's just a you know small little gripe uh I, it's still you know still good still I still enjoyed it I still enjoyed watching it and everything I'm not completely trashing it or anything but um yeah it, it was just that you know one little thing for me but Dana, what did you think about how they wrapped up the case and everything? I don't understand why y'all complaining. This is one of the best scenes um, <laughs> to me, where it was like this ultimate showdown, and we started seeing little bits and parts of Tariq becoming his father, and this here was one of them as well. Well, there are other pieces. It's like what? But this was also a part of it as well. The fact that he was able to retain Tamika, remember, was for one dollar. She knew exactly what she was doing, and she knew exactly he went and he trusted her enough to tell her everything. And by doing that, it was her who, you know, was able to manipulate that whole courtroom situation and scene. And yes, people who are genuinely guilty, who are terrible killers, get off of the tiniest bits of technicality. So for me, that whole scene. It felt like it was true. We've had cases where it's been dragging out for months and however long, and then that one little technicality comes and it's like, oh, dismissed. Um, the fact that Tariq, you know, he really stood his ground, and and the fact that he turned the tables on Sax, which Sax and McLean, McLean is so grimy and dirty to begin with, all Tariq and Tamika did was play their game by not answering questions and answering everything with a question that's how you are he was able to overcome this 
And I thought that it was great because if you look at a case, what do you need? You need um, beyond reasonable doubt. He put that doubt in the mind. Oh, why was you there? I was doing the same thing you was doing. Um, how would you know I was at the grave site? Clearly, you must have been following me. Who else was working with you? Oh, I see this girl over there. Is she related to you? And you put that seed in, you already ruined the case. So I thought it went down wonderfully. And to see Sachs just kind of melt there and not know what to do. And the whole Jason Derulo line was hilarious. Um, I thought that whole thing was just great. I, I loved everything about it. And even though Sachs never died, he kind of got his come up. So we finally got to see, you know, he's embarrassed in this whole case, in this whole situation. And it was hilarious and it was great. And you really saw Tariq taking that stand. And in a way you could say, knowing when he needed help because he went to Tamika, this wasn't like, I'm gonna do this all by myself. He went to Tamika, he listened to the advice, he executed it with Tamika. Tamika was in the back, like, that's my boy. So I thought it was great. I loved everything. And for me, it was just like one of those, because <gasps> we've been waiting for so long. And we had that information of Saks being there at the club and seeing everything and him coming out with the gun. We've seen this. And for them to finally show it to like, the, the characters, that is what we've been waiting for. And I think that they executed it greatly. Okay. Well, uh, with, 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 uh, with that glowing review of the scene, everybody's going to look at me as the Simon Cowell of, of, uh, of the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, you, you, you're all the, like, you're, you know, the, the Simon Cowell Debbie Downer. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not totally knocking the scene. It's, it's cool. I understood it and, you know, it was, it was good. Elements of it was, you know, really good. Um, especially the Jason Derulo line that was funny, um, but but yeah, it just it just felt so so abrupt to me personally. But that that's it. But I, it was still good though. I'm not you know I'm not totally uh, against it. But yeah, um, I'm just gonna skip ahead and ask this question since it does connect so so uh -oh. much so much to this. But um, you know later on in this episode, um, Sax actually gets fired, and um, you know McLean. Uh, shows up while he's uh, packing his boxes, and you know he um, he offers Sachs a job at his firm, gives him a business card and everything, and you know uh, Sachs has a smile on his face, and he you know it seems like he's going to take it. So I want to ask you guys what you think about that, and uh, you know how how you think these two characters will bounce off of each other. You know, not literally, but you know um, <laughs> um, in in the future, what, what do you think of that, Rich? Well, that that in, in and of itself, as Dana mentioned earlier, uh, she mentioned she just mentioned that uh, we we was waiting to see Sachs, you know, basically lose his battle with Tariq in terms of the argument. But that that to me is the reason why the Sachs character is still a, was kept alive. So now you can align him with Davis McLean, and then they can do their own thing. I mean, it, it's funny to me how. When you know when we had the midseason finale and you had you saw them having that discussion about working together, I essentially thought that that was going to be disastrous and and it was some rockiness that happened you know uh, you know in the last couple of episodes but then for it to end this way and then for them for now Davis McLean to come to him and say do you want to work with me 
that makes that very interesting uh, in terms of what it means moving forward for the for the for the show. Um, I don't really know what those characters are going to be involved in as far as the cases that they're going to be involved in and whether or not that stuff will tie to Tariq. As you'll get into later, there is something that did happen later in the episode that obviously is going to be a big issue at the school, and I don't know if they're going to bring in them to investigate that. We do What we do know is that Davis McLean does not like uh, Rashard Tate. Yep. So if there is a case later... And, 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 and you know, whenever they do the Tate show, I can definitely see them going back and forth over something, because now obviously Stephen Ott also, who this whole time has been trying to control what Sachs does, I feel like they built that up for a reason. So now that is definitely going to be an issue that will be re- re- revisited later, or something that they can revisit later, unless they have other plans. But they built that up for a reason. So I'm going to assume that all four of those characters will cross paths once again. Against each other um, But aside from that I'm very curious to see How Davis McLean And Sachs work together I'm also curious to see If Paula is going to be involved Because we know that in the last episode You know She obviously wanted to get back at McLean And she Having worked with him all this time I mean I'm pretty sure she knows a lot about him A lot about his cases So I'm curious to know if that's going to come back and bite him uh, Because he wasn't honest with her about what was going on with the whole sax deal and all this other stuff. So we'll have to wait and see that. But I kind of feel like her story is not over either. So we'll find out. But whatever happens, they got me invested in it. Now I'm curious to see what happens with those two characters. Um, because it's not going to be... Uh, everything isn't going to work out perfectly as you think. There's going to definitely be some rocky things that happen. But it's just they, they can go in so many different directions. So um, more than anything, I'm curious to see what Courtney Kemp has in store for them next season and whether or not whatever they're doing is going to be tied to, once again, whatever's going on with Tariq. Yeah. And um, and like the beauty of this, uh, you know, this pairing is like, first of all, I, I still don't like sax. I, like we've always kind of hated sax, right? But... <laughs> But I, I think I can tolerate him a lot more if he's paired with Davis McLean. So that that's pretty good that, you know, they've kind of paired these characters together because they can, you know, they kind of bounce off of each other and there's a bit of comedic relief with them and stuff. Um, but also, I think, you know, it's great because now you have a set of characters you can probably use in any show, like, because they can mm-hmm. appear in the Tate show. Because you know that I, I I'm guessing the Tate show is gonna be all about like corporate America and and like you know the legal system and and politicians and things like that. So you can you know you can use a lot of these kind of characters in there. Um, and then you know they could also appear in the Tommy uh, series even maybe like for you know a, a small cameo or something or if there's some sort of like you know uh, investigation or legal. Um, pr- proceedings they could appear you know in, in that and then they of course they can also come back in season two of, of of ghost so so i think it's great that you know um that you know the they've paired these characters together because i can see a lot of different possibilities with them um mm-hmm. and yeah in in ways that they can be used and, and things of that nature so so i think that was a good idea definitely um and uh, what else? 
uh, I can't remember what else I was going to say. So Dana, what do you think of you know um, Sachs joining uh, Davis McLean's firm? Um, I, I thought it was hilarious. You know, this show as well as the original has this running theme of Super Friends, and I felt <laughs> like this was this was definitely like the sleazy version of Super Friends, where maybe you elite a little bit of Legion of Doom. You had Penguin, which obviously is sex. He's like the, the used car salesman dealer who you just know you can't trust and is always greasy. Um, and then you had like, uh, and then you have McLean, who's more of the polished version, but it still is just a sex. I thought it was hilarious. Remember the last line that he said to him was, "Make sure you get the files." You know, they, all I can imagine is like him trying to cover, um, carry out all these government files all sleazily as he goes through the back door. Um, I really like this pairing, which is weird because throughout the entire first, you know, ghost saga, we were like, let him die. And it's really great to, for the writers to kind of give this character more of a meaning and a purpose and a bit hilarity when he's teamed with McLean. So I thought that it works wonderful. Um, I look forward to whatever adventures of sliminess that they have going on with each other. And yeah, it was really funny. One thing I do want to say though is we really, really did not need a sax sex scene in in this in this episode. <laughs> this was actually I saw the scene and I immediately blamed Richard for it. Because oh no! Richard, no, I blame you because every time you're like, "Here's that scene." We didn't see any sex scenes. <laughs> and then we got this, and it was, it was, no, why would you do that? No. So I I, oh. I, I, I do have a response to that. I, I guess they wanted to show, they wanted to give Sax a win in some way. Because no. uh, no. in the previous, if I, if I recall from the previous Power Show, uh, this guy wasn't really paired up with anybody. Um, he didn't really get action. Unless he was looking at pornography, so I guess they decide. Well, we need to have him, even though he had got fired and all this other stuff. We still want to give him some type of victory. But I, I agree, we did not need to see that scene. Um, and the fact that you know the details just makes it worse. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Well, well yeah, because they, they 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 would make you believe that this character was just a loser. Um, you know, he was always you know doing underhanded stuff and. He was always trying to to get with get 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 with Angela, you know, having the the the, the sly comments and stuff like that. But it would ne- never had any any success. So I, I figured that well, I don't know what the fascination was with making sure that they had that he had a scene. But I guess uh, I a I, I I don't have an answer for it. I, I I don't know, but I agree it wasn't necessary. But for those I guess that like that actor, the women that like the actor, and I guess they got what they wanted. <laughs> Was that woman? Um, is she like a paralegal or something? Was she in the? Yeah, uh, yeah. She she, okay. she was in that. She was in that when they had these proceedings throughout the season. She was one of the people that was that they was working with, talking with. So, I guess again, once again, they wanted to show you. There's a lot of this underhanded stuff that happens uh, behind the scenes between the sheets, etc. So, because even Davis was sleeping around with Paula. So, I guess that is the parallel that they wanted to tell with that. But. um yeah, it's it's uh we didn't need the scene. I, I will say that much. <laughs> yeah, could have did without it, but hey, <laughs> it, it's power. So you know, um, so yeah, uh, let's move on to you know what happens next. So 
this is where things get very juicy so um tasha is released from prison and um you know she uh, a little while after being released she meets with monet to kind of plead with her to let Tariko uh let him walk away so that you know he can have a life now and everything because he doesn't need to pay pay her legal fees and stuff like that anymore so basically she wants you know Tariq to be a free man with no connection to the streets so um you know she meets with her to say that but Monet basically says something to the extent of you know Tariq is mine now you know he's he's pledged allegiance to me and he's the one that found me um and he wanted to work with me so you know I'm keeping him basically um, and then during this conversation, shots ring out at the bar once again. Um, they should close that place down now. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah shots ring out, and um, Monet's uh, muscle from from earlier in the show he ends up taking some shots and 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 passing away, I guess. Um, but Monet is strapped and she shoots back, and she's able to you know kind of suppress the shooter. And, you know, once the, the shots die out, Tasha heads to the window and she sees a blue, um, is it like a muscle car or something? Um, it's Mustang. a Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. I'm, I'm not good with cars. I'm, I'm not a car it's person. Car. Either, so. I'm, I'm, seasons of the car. What? Six seasons of that car. I know, but yeah. I, I'm not good at car, with cars at all. Like, I'm not a car person. I'm sorry. So pe- people, you can go in on me in the comments. It's fine. But yeah, um, the car pulls off, you know, and Tasha knows. Tasha knows whose car that is. So she then she then goes to visit Tariq, and she tells him Tommy is back and he's he's gunning for her. He's trying to kill us, so we gotta leave right away. Um, and you know, Tariq is kind of like calm in his demeanor, and he, he you know he basically says, "I'm a killer too. Like, so I'm I'm gonna handle this. I'm not gonna run away." Um, and yeah, so that leads me to the questions now. So, what went through your mind when you saw, you know, when you saw the shooting happen? Like, did you instantly know what was happening, or did it take for you to see the Mustang, you know, before you, you, uh, you know, before you really realized what was going on? So, go ahead, Dana. What did you think? Sorry. Um, yes. You immediately knew who it was. <laughs> it's a car. It, it could have it been, yes. you know, it could have been anyone. It could have been no, 2-Bit. It could have been... If you uh, know, if you know, it last, what, six seasons, we know a car that's blue and it's a Mustang. But okay, and but like... the closing shot. But before the car, no, did you know who it here. was? Okay, No. I did not know before the car because we previously saw the shop get chewed up before. They have terrible security. <laughs> this is like the car lab. This is awful. Um, so no, I originally did not know who it was. I thought it was maybe um, another gang rival or the ex-son or someone else. Remember, she had started with Rico getting shot, so maybe I thought that was a retaliation. Yeah. I did not know at first. But when okay. I saw the blue, yes, blue means boo. So we all knew that it was happy. And that's when I was like freaking out. Very did you, happy. Did you say blue moment. means boo? It does. Blue means boo. So Tommy's your it's boo? like, you can have Angela. Why can't I have Tommy? <laughs> Alright, that's cool. I, I respect it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so that's when it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But in a, I wanted more, we got more from the scene, but um, I thought that the whole thing was hilarious in the fact, this is when Tasha was there, right? Or no, yeah. like jumping ahead scenes. Yeah, Tasha okay, and Monet. So I just thought it was hilarious that Tasha, that whole scene itself was just wonderful and beautiful and it was like that showdown that we never knew we wanted, or at least for me, where like she came right in she was like, no, I know who you are. And she's like, oh, everybody was kind of like taken aback. But it was one of those very straightforward scenes, you know. And what I admired about it is that these are two women of power. Mm-hmm. And I mean that literally, not also just of the show, but like of power, power. Um, and, you know, these are queen pens and they've been in the game. They know the game. And to see them kind of meet each other, it was it was really great. It was a, a moment that I think that the show really needed. Um, it was kind of recalling back to like remember when Scandal and then how to get away with murder they had those crossover episodes and it's like I'm, 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 uh, yeah anyway so that moment I thought was really wonderful but it was also slightly hilarious to me that the second that Monet not Monet that Tasha got out of prison she's now walked into a gun fight um, so I'm happy that she survived because it would have just been pitiful if like you made it all the way out through jail and you, you get involved in the shooting um, but I thought the whole scene itself was just really great. I admired how Tasha came up to Monet, you know, as this woman, like, what do I need to do to settle a score? You know, here's your money. And the other one said, oh no, it's not about money. But you know, it, you had that tension there, but they never acted wild. It was one of those really great scenes where no one, you know, just acted completely out of character. Everyone, it was like a moment of mutual respect but also you know what it is that you want from that other person and you're kind of battling a little struggle over who's gonna overtake who and i loved it and all the fact that it was Tariq that they were fighting over you know so yeah that whole scene was great for me yeah and and you know since you mentioned like that that you know kind of mutual respect that they kind of had like because i felt that too so like do you do you think that like um that maybe we might see these two um have more screen time together in in the future because it seems like they (laughs) they kind of they kind of have a chemistry that is like you know they understand each other if tasha ever makes it out of huckberry arizona (laughs) (laughs) which is a real place by the way um good luck with that but i would love to see them two together but also at the same time no I think that they are two characters that work really well separately. We don't always necessarily need that that meeting and for them to, to constantly have scenes together. Um, I like the fact that it doesn't make it kind of their meeting corny or some weird super friends moment. I like it how it is. These are two women who are both successful in their own separate fields of drugging. Mm-hmm. And it just works. We don't necessarily need them to always be together. I don't want that dynamic because then it may end up ruining that moment in that scene. It, it, you know, it ends up diluting how great that first meetup was. Right. Yeah. So, so Rich, what went through your mind when uh, when that bar shootout went down, and did you immediately know what was going on? Uh, yeah, I immediately figured that it, it had to be Tommy uh, because, uh, you know, this all, all of this season, 
they had been mentioning that he is, was involved in, in killing ghosts. So I figured if there was ever a time he was going to show up, it, it was going to happen this episode. Uh, obviously, because of the scene that happened at the very beginning of this episode, you would think that after Rico was taken out, there's going to be some people that was going to be coming to retaliate uh, against uh, you know Monet and company. But I think that that is a storyline that is going to be saved for next season. Uh, so that's why that didn't happen. But the fact that Tasha just randomly showed showed up there, I, I knew it instantly. It had to be. It has to be Tommy. Um, and to answer your question that you also asked Dana about, do I think these two characters will show up again on the same screen? Uh, I actually don't think that's the case um, because you know when they had their whole conversation. Yes, they, they, they came to the conclusion that they do have respect for each other, but they also, it was to show you again that, you know, Tariq is changing as a character, and as a man, now he is responsible for his own decisions, and he wants to do this. It, this, this again showed you that he was choosing to be with Monet instead of his mom, which, a confirmation which we will receive later in the episode, but the fact that T Tasha was still holding on to hope that she can pull him out of this... Uh, and really didn't really consult with him on any of this other stuff. Uh, it, I think it, it pretty much we, we knew from then there that uh, that that was not going to be the case. Um, so, but but I, I do think now Tasha is going to have her hands full. Uh, of course, she will still remain in contact with Tariq, so I still expect to see her calling Tariq, so on and so forth, on the show. But I definitely do not expect her to have another face-to-face -face exchange with Monet ever again. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess with, you know, how uh, how things end in this episode, it's hard to imagine them having a lot of screen time again. But um, I, I definitely would like to see some more mo moments with, with the two of them just because, you know, it was it was a pretty interesting scene. So Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So um, also, you know, there was the part afterwards where, you know, Tasha is very worried and she visits Tariq at his campus and everything um, and <laughs> there, there's that moment you know where she's like you know we have to leave now because you know Tommy he, he's a real killer and Tariq is like well I am too and then there's there's like this look in Tasha's face where she's like oh here we go so yep ghosts yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did she see uh, Jamie in Tariq in that moment, you know, when he he said that line. Um, so and so, go ahead, Rich, because you just pretty much confirmed it. But what did you think of that and how it was done? Yeah, yeah, I, I do believe she she saw that, and, and that and that definitely was raised a red flag for her. But she still, as because a mother wanted to do best for her kid, she still was going to try and convince him to come with her. And when he was talking all this stuff about, well, well, I still need to get some money. We got to get money. Well, she, I guess she was willing to work with him at that point. But, but yeah, clearly, I think that she knew that it's going to be hard to convince him because he's he's already too deep in, into the situation. Um, I feel like if the character, if they had left at that moment in time, it probably would have been a, a far different situation. Uh, but because of what happens later, there is no turning back now. So, um, I, I, but yeah, I think at that point she knew. Uh, w one point that I do want to make very quickly before you go to Dana. Mm -hmm. 
I think this was an excellent episode. Uh, but there is, if there's one criticism that I do have about the episode, and obviously I'm sure that this is going to be saved for next season. Why didn't we ever see Two Bit anymore after what happened in the previous episode? Because this guy yeah. has been asking Tariq, "Where's my money at?" So I guess they want the viewer to assume that Two Bit got his money and you know, and he's satisfied for now. But I kind of feel like either that is going to be saved for next season, or they're going to have something in Tommy's show where Two Bit has an interaction with Tommy because you see that Tommy is back. But they definitely need to explain that because it kind of feel like they made it look like Two Bit was going to be a threat, but then he didn't show up again for the last two episodes. So I, I was a little confused about that. But uh, that's just my own critique. I'm not saying the episode was bad because I think the season finale was fantastic. But that is one question that I definitely would like to ask you as well as the viewers uh, if they leave their thoughts on if that was something that they was also questioning. But yeah, that's all I wanted to add. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was wondering if, you know, well, like, why isn't he showing up too, you know? But um, I guess it's like, because so much was happening, I, I feel like they made a decision that they couldn't fit everything in. So, you know, they probably just decided to omit him for now. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, because of course he can show up in Tommy's show. Um, and he can show up in um, the next season Se of season Book 2. two. Yep. Yeah. Well, he so, definitely, definitely going to show up in Season 2. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, but um, but Dana, what did you think of that moment? You know, when Tasha was pleading to Tariq, and he was like, you know, I'm a killer too, so I'm I'm not running. I'm gonna handle this. Like, what did you think? It was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I know that I poop on this show a lot, but they finally got the writing together, and it was so beautiful. He finally became his father because we know that he was we, we, the struggle that he had from when he shot him. Even before, there was a power struggle with I'm really the man of the house. Remember when he went to jail and remember when Tasha put that in his mind. She said, you're now the man of the house. Mm -hmm. And yep. so because of that, that one little thing, we saw that power struggle that they've had um, all through the, the first power and then when he killed him, that was the ultimate, I'm taking your spot. And then when this action, remember how we kept going back and forth and debating, and me kept saying, no, he's not going to be his father. He's gonna choose a different path. This is gonna be redundant. I don't like that. I can admit when I'm wrong. They executed this so wonderfully that this was not just him taking his father's spot, but it felt like a coming of age story. When he just simply said, you know, that line, and he delivered it with such power and authority that Tasha was like, oh, well, no. And he just, you know, you kind of see her back away. Yep. And, and she saw ghosts in his eyes, in his body language, in his everything. And that's when she realized she truly lost her. And, you know, Tasha is really, really weird. And this is what I did not like. Um, we spent that whole previous season of ghosts wanting to get out of the business, right? And wanting to do something else. And here comes Tasha. No, you can't do that. You you know, we have to stay in. We in too deep. You can't do that. And then now all of a sudden, we gotta get out. We gotta get out. And Tariq is like, no, you can go. I'm in this. You know, so to me, it was just 
that hilarious that hilarity of like Tasha fighting for so long, wanting him wanting him to stay in the business, but now look at everything that you fought for, now you don't want anymore. And now you've lost your son to it. And I really thought that it was just such a really great um, coming home moment for Tariq and I love how it was just shot and I love how they executed it. They, I think they did a really great job. And this was like the first time that I was really rooting for Tariq because nobody liked Tariq, including me. And they really <laughs> got together to write this character a full, arc and i really appreciate that and even though he's not going off to you know be the good guy he seems like he is determined to make his own way and and you know everything that he's learned from his father from canaan i really think he that's when he was like nope I, this is my my decision i'm sticking with it i'm done so yay yeah and like I, I think there's um the reason why Tasha is like so scared as well in, in you know at this moment in time. I feel like it's also several psychological things at play here because I feel like she knows that she deserves what Tommy, you know, has for her. Um mm-hmm. because she knows what she did to Lakeisha and you know, she knows mm-hmm. the mistakes she's made. Um and you know she knows that i mean she was the first person like before before this deal came around with the case she actually implicated tommy before that you know she said it was tommy before in an earlier episode so um i think she knows she deserves it and that's why she's so fearful because it's like you know he's not going to stop coming for me and i know that if the shoe was on the other foot i would probably be the same way so um i think that's why you know she's so 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 fearful um, in that moment, but um, and yeah. Also, it's it's different when you have someone who's trying to kill you, and you have someone who's a sociopath trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tommy is is a sociopath. Exactly. And he, you know, a psychopath as well. He's, he's so yeah, she's screwed. Yeah, and and that's another thing because she knows exactly who Tommy is, and she knows his you know what kind of person he is, and what you know she knows that he won't stop because. They have that connection like they they know these people know each other so so yeah it, ma- it makes sense um but um before we uh move on um i also wanted to touch on something else real quick so there is a scene on campus where um where you know riley this is after the trial where you know riley is it was actually present in the courtroom and everything um and you know she goes to visit Brayden after on campus, and she she kind of you know admits to her mistakes, um, and you know try basically apologizes to to Brayden, but Brayden is very cold towards her, um, and he he makes it clear that he's not really interested. Um, but then later on, Tariq and, and Brayden kind of have a conversation, and um, this is after the case is is already dismissed. And he's, he kind of says, like, you know, um, even though, you know, Riley might have did something, you know, bad, but it, it was mainly Sax and she didn't really have a whole lot to do with, you know, what Sax did. Um, it's just she was, you know, in the wrong place, wrong time, basically. So um, I want to ask you guys, does this mean that, you know, that Riley and Brayden are pretty much back together now and that Tariq kind of gave his blessing for it to happen? Um, so what would you think of that, Dana? 
I didn't get that at all. Okay. <laughs> what did you get from it? No, I don't. I don't know how you. He was genuinely disgusted and rightfully so. She's like the new Drew of of this season. <laughs> Why she isn't dead? I don't know. Why is she still there? I don't know. She doesn't even go to that school. Why is she here? Um, no. He felt barely. He looked to me like he was disgusted by her. Everyone seems to be disgusted by this child. So no, I didn't. I think she will just be one of those wayward children, wallflowers who just pops in here and there until she gets bored or someone kills her. I don't know. She doesn't serve any more purpose anymore. Like unless she is to be used, and I don't know how to explain this in a very nice way, but you know, taken advantage of in order to get money. Um, I don't see her purpose. I just generally, she offers nothing. Okay, uh, what did you make of that scene, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with what Dana had to say. Uh, I don't think that character is is going to be needed anymore. The only the only thing that I would say, if they do still have her around, it's going to be because something really serious happens regarding trust with Tariq and Brayden. Because she kept telling him, well, you should be careful with Tariq. You can't trust him, all this other stuff. Tariq hasn't really, you know, given Brayden the reason not to trust him. Obviously, he didn't. He doesn't tell Brayden every little detail of, of what happens until he saw that the situation got a, a, a lot more complicated than he does say certain things. But I, I kind of feel like for the time being, you know, it, it looks to me like Brayden, you know, the way they had his, his conversation with Tariq at the, towards the end of this episode was just... They were going to talk about bringing the app back, and now that you know that Tariq is, is fully all in once again, I, I fully expect that app to return, and they're just going to focus back on business, business as usual, because one thing you know about the Braden character, as he said in that same conversation, I found something that I'm really good at doing, and I like doing this stuff, so so Braden is, is all in right now, um, so I don't think he's going to be too distracted with what's going on with uh, his ex, but again... If that character is still on the show next season, then you know, okay, so obviously they're going to make sure that there's some type of conflict that happens between Tariq and Brayden. And once again, he may go back to her and just confide in her and tell her, well, you was right. I can't trust Tariq. But other than that, I don't see it happening because that, that, he was very cold and to the point we said, listen, you, you what you had was a good thing with me, and now you ain't got it no more. So it kind of feels to like me that, that that's it. It's over. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Okay. I, I took the Brayden monologue a bit differently in the sense of I found something that I really love to do and that he's going to keep doing it. And I felt that it was more of asking for Tariq's blessing and not so much of we're going to be tag teams. Oh, yeah. Like, if I need you, you're always there for me, but allow me to do this. That's how I, I kind of took it. Okay. I, like that, that, that could be the same. Yep. That makes sense. Continue. What were you saying, Gary? Oh, no, I was going to say the way I took it was like um, Brayden wanted them to both be back at it, you know, both to, to kind of do it again. But then Tariq was like, you know, I, I might fall back from it, but but you can totally do it yourself, you know. Um, that's what I thought happened. But obviously this was before other events <laughs> happen. So, so. <laughs> So we know that, you know, that that's probably not going to be the case, that they probably will be back together, you know, doing what they do. Um, but, but yeah, um, it, it was a, it was a cool, intimate, you know, discussion between them and stuff. And you can tell that, you know, um, 
the the bond is is strong again between them and i feel like they'll there shouldn't be any reason for Tariq to lie to Brayden now moving forward um and i feel like you know Brayden is kind of earned his trust and and you know vice versa as well um the only question i have is um because earlier this season uh what, what's that guy's name what's the uh what's stern's lover called again um but yeah he basically he showed up in an earlier episode like where's my money what like what's going on yeah, yeah, with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 his his, his 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 husband i don't remember the uh what 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 the husband's name was again yeah, he was the husband. Um, um, it's Sebastian Kamal Se- yeah. Stern. Yeah, that's it. There we go. He's played it. by Akbar Ali. Yay. Yeah, Sebastian. So like, where where is he yeah. now? Because like, surely he'd be curious as to why like you know the money's not coming uh, in now. I I I I have an answer for that, uh, Gary. What's that? See, season two. Season two. <laughs> Everything season for season two. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he'll he'll show up because this is like the easiest campus to get onto if you're not a student. So they have no security. Which yeah, is, <laughs> yeah it, 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 a private school because private schools don't have security. They suck. They're weird. And and I and I, I would love to know how Tasha knew exactly where Tariq was at. Did she ask uh, <laughs> any of his friends or somebody? She just oh, he must be on on this side of the dorm. So. Because <laughs> we know his name is on the door, so obviously, yeah. But I want to know how she knew exactly where he was at. On the on the, on the dorm. Yeah, they always know. It's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't understand the school. Okay, so uh, so yeah, let's move on. Um, so Tariq then goes to find Tommy. Um, and Tommy is actually visiting <laughs> Cash. And you know, um, Tommy like he he waits by Tommy's Mustang, um, and you know Tommy comes outside, looks around, doesn't see Tariq, but then he looks forward and then instantly sees him, and then he walks down the stairs, and then you know they talk for the first time, um, and you know basically Tommy makes it clear that he's gunning for Tasha and he's not going to stop because you know she implicated him in in the murder of Ghost. And then, you know, they also bring up, uh, well, I believe it's Tariq brings up Lakeisha and, you know, Tommy makes it clear that that's, that's another reason why, you know, he's got some hot lead for, for Tasha. Um, and, you know, Tariq kind of make, makes like a proposition, um, and, and basically says, you know, I, I got a way where we can all kind of get what we want out of this situation, you know, without, uh, you know, my mother dying or whatever. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 the screen kind of cuts. But I want to put the emphasis on the fact that this is the first time, you know, this scene is the first time where we, we fully see Tommy. And then, you know, he talks as well for, for like the first time. So it was a major moment. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I didn't have goosebumps exactly, but like I was like, it, it was one of those moments that was like, wow. You know, it was like Spider-Man showing up in the Avengers. I was like... Whoa, like, <laughs> like that that this was the moment where where it really felt like a universe like it felt like a connected universe in this moment for me i was like wow like because it's just it's just exciting you know just to see tommy again so i want to ask you guys what what went through your mind when you saw this scene so go ahead rich 
first and foremost, I will say yes. This was a very, very, very well done reintroduction, re reintroduction, introduction of a character. Can't talk properly for some reason. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> listen, listen. I, I was glad to see this guy come back because you know I know we had talked about this on the show multiple times that it's only a matter of time before he was going to return. So um, it just felt great. And and one thing that I love about this is that when they introduced him back to the show they were very consistent with what was happening with what, with what had happened to the character before and how he acknowledged it now for, for example he had stopped by to visit cash because we all assumed we was not going to see lakeisha's son ever again so they kept that relationship going um obviously which is good and then the first line he had when he came back honoring ghost's wish not to go after uh not to go after Tariq, but if you don't get your ass off my car, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you down. <laughs> it's very, very consistent. Very consistent. And then again, his motive of wanting to go after Tasha, consistent. Because he knows that she killed Lakeisha, and now it even made it even more so of the thing that she ratted out and said that he was the one that did it. When we all know that he didn't do it. So, I just thought it was excellent. And I agree with you, Gary. It felt like an epic moment. Um... Just the way they handle it, the way that Joseph Secura came out, you know, came out of the building and then walked towards his car, the swagger, everything. It's like Tommy's back on the show. This is an awesome moment. Um, so, uh, and instantly I, I was curious what was going to happen from there because we already knew that he was, wanted to go after Tasha. But it makes me very, very curious, very excited for uh, Tommy's spinoff show. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I enjoyed the moment. They did a very well job on all of this, so I have to give them a bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well done. But uh, what what was going through your mind, Dana, when you saw it? Well, we 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 heard Tommy before he you saw Tommy. He mm -hmm. came out to many men, which <laughs> is brilliant. I don't know how involved Fifty Cent was in that scene, but my gosh. He came out and then he just walked out the house like, you know, I'm here. He knows that people are looking for him. And he came out, he wasn't hiding or nothing. You know, get off my car. <laughs> he had such, such he, he just embraced the scene and overtook it with a simple line, get off my car. And you know, we haven't seen or heard Tommy in such a long time. And I was like, oh my God, he's back. I missed him. And he's still the same. I don't know what he was doing in Los Angeles, but he's still the same. And it's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, yes, I thought the scene was executed great. I thought you, Joseph Sakura is that actor, and I've had this discussion with you before, Richard. He is a white guy who cannot play a white guy. <laughs> I have watched him in so many different things. He's seen the intruder. Um, he yep. was the pregnant man from Grey's Anatomy. He can't play a white guy. He just can't do it. He comes across as weird and awkward. This man has such inner Tomminess. It's like he was made to be Tommy. That it just works. And that simple yeah. just walking down the stairs. And it shows that I've been here. To me, it, it felt like, you know, he was there visiting Cash. And to me, it felt like I've been here this whole time. Uh, nobody's looking for me. I'm not afraid of nobody. Even if you are <laughs> looking for me, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm going to just go and, you know, easily and slowly walk down these stairs. You know, and the fact that, you know, Cash is right there at the door. You know, I see you later, son. That kind of thing. Everything just felt so 
natural and he just felt like he owned not only just the scene but he owned the block he owned whatever it is that he's doing in life and that kind of also plays on with this so this, this the psychopath version that he is because he's crazy that way um and we just see that all in his demeanor and it was so great to see him back and i was so happy and even though i've been saying for what nine episodes now that we're not going to see tommy that the show doesn't need tommy they needed tommy i was wrong it was so yeah. great to see him back so i was happy yeah. yeah he he was definitely like you know the the big standout I, part of this episode for sure what was you going to say rich i i just was going to make one, one one quick point uh that Dana mentioned because when I went back and I was watching some of the episode again today um, Dana is right we, we, we heard Tommy before we saw him because at the very beginning of the episode when they say previously on power it was his voice so that was even more of a confirmation when you saw the scenes that they showed uh, about what had happened previously on the show and then you hear him be the one to say previously on power. That was even more of a of a reason that you knew that this guy was going to show up before he actually showed up. So a very well done, nice little uh, trick by Courtney Kemp and the writers to throw that in. And there. also nice Easter egg. Also, it, it kind of felt like you know previously on power, y'all been talking about me. I'm finally here. <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> yep. Previously. <laughs> Yeah, Courtney Kemp has mastered the art of the Easter egg for sure. So, um, kudos to, to her. Um, uh, what was I going to say again? Uh, I had something else to say about Tommy, but I, I can't remember now. But yeah, great scene, um, and you know, I, I I loved it. And yeah, it just it, it felt it definitely felt you know like a huge moment um, and a moment we've been waiting for. It felt like a huge payoff. So, so yeah, I was very satisfied by that, and of course the music selection. I'm satisfied with that. You know, that's my fa- favorite <laughs> album. So, so yeah, um, that was great. Um, so we will get back to Tommy later, but um, let's get to some of the other stuff that happened. So, um, Sax gets a text from. Oh, actually, we're getting back to Tommy right now. My bad. But yeah, yeah. Um, Sax gets a text from McLean, you know, during the sex scene about Tommy being back and, you know, trying to kill Tasha and everything. So um, Sax, um, he knows that this is his last chance to kind of get back in the good graces with his job and everything. So he puts a plan in place, um, you know, with, to, with Tasha to basically lure Tommy out and catch him. So they have several, you know, agents um, and, you know, officers and stuff in cars you know surrounding the area so you know T- uh, Tasha is behind the wheel Sax is in the back seat hiding so um, you know when Tasha pulls off and you know uh, drives off immediately Tommy is behind them pursuing them and a chase kind of ensues where you know the feds um, try to catch Tommy and this leads to Tommy's car driving right into um, I believe it's a gas station or something um, and you know there's there's a big kind of explosion um, and you know Sax is, is kind of very like upset because that was his last chance if, if Tommy gets blown up then you know there's there's no way he's he's getting his job you know his job back at that moment so um, so yeah it appears like you know Tommy blew up in the explosion 
basically and and you know that he's dead um and of course this was all of uh Tariq's idea like, it was all of his his planning that kind of led to this moment um so this was basically what you know he discussed with Tommy off screen after their initial meeting i guess um yeah so because now you know it, it it appears that you know Tommy is dead and there's no reason to to chase him anymore so so that was the whole point of this um but I want to ask you guys um and I pr- I'm pretty sure I know the answer because you know it, it was it's pretty obvious but like did you actually think that he he might have died in that moment when that ha- when that happened so go ahead Dana you first You're muted. I'm muted. Can you hear me? Okay. So, if you were someone who did not pay attention to that phone call, then you would have been like, oh, no, but we already knew what was happening. And plus, we also already know about the spinoff show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the fact... This is why I don't like when they announce things ahead of time. Um, I like surprises. Because I feel that it can ruin the trajectory of another show, of the show that just pre- that's on air now. The fact that we know that Tommy is getting a spinoff didn't, you know, so that scene didn't have any kind of impact for me at all. But but um, like that that also, the show could have been a prequel though. You never know. That that is very true. They could have pulled a Canaan. But the thing is, I don't trust shows that where we don't see the body. Mm-hmm. So that's also another thing. Um, the way how it. Remember how it was the car chase? Yeah. That kind of rem- reminded me of the season finale for Regular Power when he took to, to, to the car and was like on the highway in the road. I thought it was a really great callback for that. I think that the spinoff show is called Fuel or Fast Fast Fuel? Uh, force. Fast Gifts called Force. Five. What is it called? Just Regular Force? Yeah. Yeah. Use for now, force. I guess. For now, it just the way how they just set it up. It really just felt like a spinoff version. So mm. I didn't really pay much attention to that scene. Um, I thought it was corny. You had the explosion, and you had like the the, the other explosion to make sure. See, he's really dead now. So it was cute, but because we already know that there's a spinoff, it it didn't really mean that much to me. So, well, what did you think of you know the plan and and how it was set in motion? Oh, the plan itself, you know, it wasn't original, but it was something that was needed. <laughs> People think that he's dead, therefore, you can't prosecute him for any crime, mm. even if that whole situation with Tommy, I mean, with Tasha, you can't prosecute him. He's dead. He's gone. So, therefore, you have to move on. Which, in a writing aspect, it forces you to move on to the next storyline because that person is dead presumably yeah so in a writing aspect it it's not exactly it feels like it's cheap but it works in order to move the story forward so i understand why they did that um it was to me the, the whole thing was kind of funny he's a really great driver that was great um <laughs> but other than that it did not have that kind of impact that it should have i thought it was like oh okay he faked his own death cool what's next yeah, like Tommy would be a, a great addition to the the Fast and Furious movies. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he could be the driver, and slowly, you know. But his ending. Well, no, they have three. What? Two more? Two or three more movies? He can be in space because it goes in space. They're going in space. Oh, is that a fact? 
That's a fact. That was that was interview fact. Wow. Now whether or not they can execute it because of this whole situation that we're in, but it's fact. It's gonna be in space. Like the Marvel might as well buy that 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 uh, franchise <laughs> at this point. Um, well, they but... already have Groot. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Um, but yeah, Rich. So, what was your thoughts of um, you know this scene with Tommy? You know the chase and everything, and and what do you think of the plan that was put in motion here? Uh, well, I agree a lot of what Dana had to say. Uh, I will agree it was not original, but it was exciting to see this whole car t- uh, sequence because I was wondering how that was going to end. Uh, we saw a teaser of that in the trailer for pre- last week. But again, we didn't really see who was in the car. You just saw somebody was 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 you know going after somebody else. Um, I do agree that it it is unfortunate that we knew about the Tommy spinoff. If I was in, if I was you know Courtney Kemp, obviously when they announced these shows at the end of Power, they wanted to let people know that the show was continuing in some form or fashion in the form of the spinoffs, which is fine, but. I would have saved this Tommy announcement until the very end of this episode, after the credits was over, and then you see, oh, well, now Tommy's going to have a spinoff show, because then that would have been a, a, a little bit more of a, you know, a, a, a surprise to people who didn't know that there was a show coming. But again, we knew about this a while ago, so you already knew that the character was not dead. Um, but I, I will say it was exciting to watch that little car chase. I was laughing when I was watching that, so that that was that, that was entertaining. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the plan was obviously Tariq, uh, you know, had spoke with Tommy about a way so he can get off, and then you know they would think he was dead. Uh, so, but but Tommy, you know, obviously <laughs> very adamant that he has other plans. So um, very consistent of the character uh, to still do what he did after the fact, which we'll get into soon. But yeah, I enjoyed the scene. But I, yeah, obviously he wasn't dead. <laughs> yep. Cool. So, um, so yeah, we already talked about the fact that you know Sax ends up losing his job, and and uh, he might, he may or may not join McLean, but of course he will. Um, so he's yeah. joining. Absolutely, of course. super friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt that that's happening for sure. Um. So let's get to you know another huge shocking moment in this uh, episode um, so let, let, let me run it back and give you the build up to this so um, of course the investigation is going on on, on the campus and everything um, and you know Jabari and Carrie have been interviewing students they interviewed Everett um, and you know there's a point where uh where you know um, Zeke is worried about this investigation, and he shows up. <laughs> he shows up outside of uh, Carrie's office, and he wants to talk to her. Of course, uh, Jabari's there, standing as well, and he sees you know um, Zeke kind of like you know hold her arm, um, you know with urgency because he really wants to talk to her and everything. Um, so they go into her office. And you know they uh, discuss what's been going on with the investigation, and Jabari in that moment kind of figures out you know who she's been you know engaged with uh, romantically. Um, so then later on, Jabari calls Tariq into his office, and you know he he asks Tariq if he knows this guy called Drew, 
um, and he shows him a picture and everything. Tariq lies, he denies knowing Drew, um, and we know that Jabari knows that he does know Drew because he followed Tariq before when he thought that he was sleeping with Carrie. Um, so, you know, Jabari sees right through the lie and everything. And um, basically, you know, he comes out and just says it. He says, look, Tariq, I know what's going on. I know you're selling drugs. I know you're working with the Tahada family. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm willing to protect you if you let me use your life story as, you know, as in, in my novel, basically. Um, and, you know, he, he, he basically gives him, you know, uh, a proposal and he says, you know, I'll, I'll share some of the proceeds with you and, and, and things of that nature. Um, Tariq says he needs time to consider because obviously he doesn't want his family's business in a book. Um, so, so yeah, so then later on, Tariq kind of needs money as he always does. Um, and <laughs> he, he agrees to Jabari's deal um, as long as he gets some advance money up front. So then they meet um, away from the campus in like a park or something. Um, and basically, um, you know, Jabari hands him the money and he's he's asking Tariq, you know, who really killed the kid at the pool? I have to know. Um, and in this moment, Kane appears and fires a shot that hits Jabari in his sort of uh, midsection, I believe, or his stomach or something. Um, and, you know, Jabari goes down. He doesn't die, but, you know, he's he's bleeding and needs medical care. Um, so then, you know, Kane has the, the gun pointed at Tariq and this is the moment where he's finally going to put an end to this. But Tariq is able to, you know, talk to Kane and get through to him. Um, he lets him know, you know, what, what he knows. Um, basically the fact that, you know, Kane killed Ramirez because cause Tariq was able to figure that out when he spoke to, to Diana earlier in the episode. Um, so, you know, he pleads with um, Kane a little to, to see sense. And, um, you know, he basically tells him, I can end this right now. You know, um, give me the gun. You know, I'll put an end to this. So, so you know, nobody figures out what, what actually happened, you know, with the body and everything. Um, and, you know, Kane agrees to give him the gun um, as long as, you know, Tariq follows up with, with the plan or whatever. Um and you know there's there's this moment where you know Tariq has the gun and he's faced with this you know with this decision that he's going to make like is he going to fully become ghost now um and and you know solidify it once and for all um or you know is he going to back out and he goes all the way you know despite Jabari pleading to him and everything um you know Tariq pulls the trigger kills kills Jabari because you know Jabari is the one person who can who can bring them all down basically um because he knows everything so he puts an end to Jabari's life and yeah um so that you know I guess that leads me to a bunch of questions that I want to ask you guys off the back of that because that was like a major moment in this episode so what do you think about this decision you know um to have Tariq kill Jabari somebody who's who's you know not connected to what's going on in the streets and stuff like what, what did you think of this moment and what impact does it have 
on the story and the characters moving forward. So go ahead, Rich. What do you think? Well, I think um, one thing we talked about on this show previously is that felt like uh, once Tariq actually killed somebody, like we actually saw him, you know, accepting and killing somebody. Then we would establish and say, okay, now this character has uh, is a hundred percent like his father, and he has become the cold and calculating individual that he has with, that they have been building up this entire season. Obviously, yes, he, he did kill Ray Ray in the past. He did kill his father also, but there was some struggling to kill his father, as Dana had had pointed out, uh, previ- you know, you know, earlier. So once in this moment of what happened with Jabari. Um, it definitely was a turn for the character. I think the last turn to really make it feel as though this is definitely Ghost's son. Um, and you, you you knew that they had to take this path because Jabari knew too much information. That whole episode where he followed around Tariq and then he saw him interacting with Drew. And then at the end of that episode, he discovered the Course Correct app. So the way he approached him in this episode about, hey, I know what you're doing, all this other stuff, you knew that this character had to get taken out one way or another. Now, one thing I will say, and this may be a part of your theory, uh, one of the questions that you might be asking later, um, in terms of uh, Kane's involvement in all of this, I do feel that now Kane was the one that witnessed Tariq killing this guy. He Tariq, again, used the exact same gun that was Ramirez's gun that Kane also used to kill Ramirez. So the question that I have is, you know, will Kane use this to his advantage later to try to set up Tariq? Because obviously he saw what happened with Tariq having to kill this guy that he shot initially. Um, I feel like he, I feel like he's definitely going to try to use this as his angle. Obviously, Tariq had the whole thing about, hey, I can help you get back in with your family. That's fine. But don't for one second believe that these two characters are not going to have some type of conflict moving forward. I feel like Kane could turn on him at any point because, again, he still doesn't like that now they have to rely heavily on Tariq. He doesn't like the fact that Tariq is getting way too close to his sister, Diana. So this is definitely going to be something I feel that he is going is going to come back to later because, again, when you go back to that scene, and you see after he kills the guy you see that Kane has this huge smile on his face so he definitely can utilize that and and that to me that gave me a call back to earlier in the season when we saw Ramirez was going to uh, Monet's house and Tariq had that conversation with uh, with him about the fact that you know Kane doesn't like the guy, and then it like it's like Tariq wanted to try to man- manipulate him at that point to make him you know approve of him saying, okay, yeah, you don't like the guy, it is what it is, you know, like he was trying to egg him on at that point to do something with that situation. So I kind of feel like that was a callback, and now it's a reverse situation because now uh, Kane saw that this guy killed the professor. And now that's proof that he can say that he did that. And again, you know, he's, if he said that he got rid of Ramirez's body, well, we saw, we didn't see the body get, you know, thrown into acid or anything like that. You saw that he, you know, the guy was wrapped up 
you know, we didn't see anything about what happened to the body after that. So I, I hope that he actually did get rid of the body and did not do a sloppy job of it the same way that Terry Silver did. Uh, Ter- Terry Silver was done last season on, on, on Power. But um, I feel like, yes, that incident is definitely was set up so that he can try and expose Tariq later. That's what I feel. But we'll he'll see if that's the direction that they actually take moving forward. Mm. Yeah, lots lots of good points there. Um, I'm definitely going to come back to some of what you said there. But first of all, Dana, um, you know, what would you think of Tariq killing Jabari? You you ever laugh so hard? You have an asthma attack, and then your cat look at you like a crackhead. <laughs> that was basically the whole scene. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, Jabari is such a clown that you know I've complained about him and his actions before, and how he just acts like a child with a temper tantrum, upset about who was sleeping with who and why no one was sleeping with him to the point where it was just it was maddening um and i just love how they just so easily disposed of his body he's like oh we're just gonna shoot him and that was it um i thought it was great you know when you're in desperate situations and for jabari that would have been his book you know, he had that writer's block. He couldn't think of anything else. So he was essentially just stealing Tariq's life. So I thought that that moment was, you know, kind of showed the true character of who he thought he was. He thought that because he was someone who was in authority and that in that school, he could essentially tell these kids what to do and, you know, have control over them. Even though he was doing something that was really wrong, which was just basically plagiarizing. Um, but he, I felt like he was a child, not knowing that he was stepping into a grown man situation, not knowing just how dangerous it was. And I think one of the most telling moments was when he was lying there on the ground bleeding. Because we know that, um, oh, what is it, Zeke? We know that he's, he's a killer. And he had no problem with the whole situation. Kane. But when Kane, I'm sorry. How did I get sick? <laughs> Jesus is a biscuit. Anyway, so <laughs> Kane, you know, when Kane went and he shot him, you know, that's nothing to him. We've seen Kane be a shooter all the time, but when Jabari was there, bleeding, desperate, pathetic, you know, the true character, which he really is, begging for his life, um, and he looked up at him and he was like, you know, you're a good kid. You're a good kid. You're going to be okay. You're a good kid. Don't do this. And he's like, no. And he just shot him. And it really just showed that nature of when Tariq made that decision before. When he, you know, he, when him stepping up and being his own man by also embodying everything that Ghost stood for, that he made that decision. That was, to me, his solidifying that decision to kill someone so cold blood like that because he knew too much. That was, a, again, a power move. And I really appreciated that scene. And for me, with Kane, I had the complete opposite uh, feeling. Kane, that smile. I felt that that was that one time when he was like, oh, shoot. 
he actually started to respect Tariq because that entire time Tariq was an outsider. He was this kid don't know nothing about the streets. This kid doesn't know anything about this life. You know, how did you choose this outsider against me? I'm the one, I'm part of the family. I know everything that there is to know about what I think I know about. You know, how dare you, Monet, come and bring in this random other person? But it was in that moment where he saw Tariq, he viewed him in that eye of like, you know, this kid doesn't know anything to I can respect this. I don't know how long lasting that respect will be, but for me, in that moment, it was like, oh shoot, so we down, we got a partner now. I respect this. So for me, that's how I took it, and I also also took it that he disposed of the body. There's you know plenty of opportunities to go against Tariq. I don't think it's going to be this. So I really liked that scene. They made Jabari look like a clown, which that is his character. So everything worked for me. And they got rid of him because remember the whole time, at least for me, I was complaining about Jabari. So yay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um I think in that moment when um Kane smiled, I think that was probably the first time he, he respected Tariq and he was like, Oh wow, so he he's one of us. Because, um, you know, I think the whole time throughout this series, he, he kind of saw him as like, you know, this college kid who's, you know, um, who they're doing business with, who knows nothing about the street life and nothing about being a killer. So maybe in, in that moment, you know, because if you look at Tariq, he doesn't look believable as a killer. Like, so, you know, I think I think. <laughs> <laughs> So you know that that I guess that was Kane just just being like, oh wow. So you know I was wrong about him. Like there is something about this guy. So um, so yeah, I think that's what that was. But Rich, you do have a point though because Kane could you know use this later on. But also it could be it could be used both ways. So like Tariq could use could use this against uh, Kane also because you know like you mentioned. That was Ramirez's gun, and Kane used it to kill Ramirez, and then Tariq used it to kill Jabari. Um, so if if Tariq ever wants Kane out the way in the future, he could easily manipulate, you know, some some you know um, some legal stuff to where Kane, you know, takes the rap for both those murders, um, and and that gets him out the way, kind of thing. Sort of like what Ghost did before. Um, with uh, who who did he do that with? I I believe it was um, he he did it to Tommy one time I think in the, in the original Power, and um and also Kanan I guess um counts yeah well, how did, so. yeah how they set up Kanan yeah or something similar yeah so so yeah so you know Tariq could use that as well against Kanan so they both kind of have something on each other now um and it's like. I'm wondering if this is going to develop a, a deeper bond between them now where it's like, okay, we both we both have something on each other, so that should keep us in check in, in this relationship and we should be able to, like, coexist, um, you know, because both of us know that, you know, uh, we, we both know that, e- you know, each of us has a body that we know about kind of thing. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, go, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it was really interesting the moment because Kane has more than one gun. And mm-hmm. remember when he was asking for the gun, he said, give me your gun. He's like, oh, you could shoot me with the other one. Remember, he didn't trust him. 
Yeah. He said, no, yeah. I'm not going to be stupid. But the fact that he handed over that gun to Tariq, I think that was a form of him trusting him. That's something that we've never seen. Remember, he's been trying to kill him. So um, that, I thought, was a very great moment as well. Mm-hmm. And what was you going to say, Rich? Yeah, the, the only point that I was going to add is uh, I, I, think, I think you both made a very good point as it could be also, like y'all said, where now he has respect for Tariq. Uh, but I also think it's going to come down to, it, like I said, if Ramirez's body was properly disposed of, because at the end of that scene we saw, there was no, I had no, there was no indication that that they actually disposed of the body properly because you see how they usually get rid of bodies on this show. And that was not what they did with this with this uh, cop. So if that body shows up again, they're going to be looking for who did the murder. Now, all of a sudden, you have a situation where Tariq, or, you know, because Tariq had the gun, Tariq now is involved in that in that whole situation by virtue of having the, the murder weapon. So they could take that direction. But again, we'll see because... There's a lot of different paths they can go. All, all I will say, though, is that this uh, alliance between uh, Kane and Tariq, I do not believe this is going to, to last for long because I feel like it's inevitable that eventually they're going to have a showdown. But I don't want that to happen for quite some time. But let, let, let this build up over time. Uh, let, let it feel as though every, let, let them tell the story to the viewers and make the viewers believe. Everything is cool. Tariq is getting along with the family and stuff like that. And then we get the swerve that comes in in due time. But so yeah. far, yeah, I, I was totally cool with how they handled everything. Yeah, well, that, maybe that's... in some. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say let this be, you know, like another Ghost and Kanan situation where they they coexist for a time, but then it, it it's an inevitable that eventually they're gonna bump heads. So. Um, so that's that's kind of what it was like in season two of Power, where it's like you know, Kanan was back on the streets and everything, and they tolerated each other for a short time, but then we knew that you know they had to go at each other at some point because you know K- uh, Kanan was getting up to a lot of uh, shady stuff. So so that's how I kind of you know want this to play out, but maybe for a longer period of time as well. Uh, but what was you gonna say, Dana? No, what if this whole time he is the Tommy to Tariq's ghost? And that we was looking at Brayden when Brayden maybe just be the side character. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Kanan is the one who is a bit of a crazy little sociopath there. You know, he's very determined, just like Tommy is. And he's going to constantly come after you. So maybe he is the Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you never know like you never really know like they could go in any direction now um, they could have it to where season 2 Kane and Tariq have a close bond they run the streets together or something like that um, and Brayden is kind of in the background um, but you know who knows so um, I definitely can't wait to see how they how they play this out from here but I do um, have some more questions about this now um, so um First of all, I want to ask you guys, like, what what do you think of this decision to to even kill Jabari, like, to kill the character of the show, like, <laughs> like, was this a, was this death justified in your eyes? I mean, Dana, Dana, I know you love death, so um, yeah, for you, it brought a tear to my eye. I was so happy. 
Um, no. It, again, he was not a character that I felt that was moving the story forward in the sense that he was bringing something that was fresh and original. He was a guy who was pining over his co-worker who was with the minor student. So, and he felt like a side character. To me, it felt like he was dragging the story along. Now, if he was in the teacher role and stayed in the teacher role where he is showing metaphors and consequences to someone's actions and probably being that Jiminy Cricket kind of person in the background, then that would have worked for me. But instead, it was just like, oh, I have writer's block. Let me steal your story. Mm. Right, go, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely was going was gonna to ask uh, both of you and Dana uh, as, you know, individuals who enjoy writing as well as myself and knowing that this is a character that was about writing did you feel a certain type of way about the character getting killed <laughs> but we never saw him write like so is he yeah, really but... a scary person about writing he's just a person who reads books and like teaches a class and then pines after no like we didn't even get to see that so he wasn't even a fully developed character yeah no, I, I was actually kind of enjoying that cause like you don't you don't really um as a writer like you don't really get a lot of like stories and shows that kind of show that writer struggle where you know people are like they're trying to find inspiration for their story they're trying to you know they, they have to deal with all these like publishing and editor things and stuff like that so I did I did like that they had some of that sprinkled throughout Jabari's story and everything um, um, and you know the fact that he was stealing material from Tariq and stuff like it was interesting to I- watch for me but um, go ahead. What was you gonna say? Well, no. The the only point that I would add is that I I think it, it made sense for the character to die because this is a character that became obsessed with trying to tell this story about Tariq mm-hmm. for 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 the for the purpose of his book. E- e- even as he put himself in a dangerous situation with someone who is dealing with dangerous people. He again is thinking about, oh, this book is going to be successful, so I need to know, Tariq. You got to tell me how does it end? Well, look, look, for you, you won't know the ending because you're about to be uh, done yourself. So um, that is, um, it, it, you know, it, it made sense for the character to want to go to the length of getting the answer, but die in the same process because he was just so gullible, not thinking that Tariq was actually a dangerous individual. So it made sense to kill off the character, um, and, and 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 now the thing about it is that now the character becomes a part of the story because one scene that happened directly after that scene is that you saw Professor Milgram get that email from Jabari, which was obviously sent earlier about him saying he he that he understood that she was she was right, he was wrong, and he wanted to meet up the next day. So obviously that is going to become, I think a major catalyst for what happens next season uh, and it throws a lot of things off off base because you know Carrie obviously I, I'm pretty sure you, you might get into this question so stop me if, if I'm jumping too far ahead oh yeah that, that but, was the next question but, okay so all, all I was going to say is now Carrie this is going to throw her whole relationship with Zeke on a very uh, shaky surface because obviously she likes Zeke but she doesn't want to um, get so far into deep because she knows that she can get exposed and lose her job. Now that her ex-boyfriend 
slash co-worker is dead and you know that obviously Zeke and his family they, they may have they might have something to do with what's going on with this investigation this things take a much bigger focus now I I feel like um that's going to definitely be interesting to see how that goes moving forward but it, it's going to make her in, in, in a very dangerous situation because the whole time she is trying to make sure that she protects Zeke but now if you know that Zeke's family has something to do with what happened to your ex now you had to think about that situation a lot more so um i'm very curious to see how they handle that i know that uh, courtney kemp has already said that laz alonzo has a commitment to the boys so he will probably never become a regular on the show but he's definitely gonna make more appearances next season because now he has to also come back as one of the officers that was investigating this case and has to see what's going on now that one of the people that i asked to question the students is now dead so it's definitely going to be a big focus next season um but i'm very curious to see how they handle this whole storyline with carrie and um her relationship with zeke because that's definitely going to be impacted now negatively because of this so we'll Mm -hmm. see cool so yeah um the next question was going to be um you know how will carrie react so um dana what like how do you think she's going to react to the death of jabari I would be laughing. <laughs> That's just me. Like, ha um, But um, no, I think she's going to be really heartbroken. And I think there's a sense of her wanting to do an investigation her own self to find out what really happened. That's a genuine uh, curiosity to have. Like, what happened? Who killed? Because I don't, again, I don't know how they're going to do the whole murder. Is it going to be a, a murder mystery thing? Is it is his body just missing? Where he never turns up at all um, So I don't know How they're going to play that I don't know if it's like oh he was murdered Just outright so there's a lot of questions With that but the fact that He eventually starts never Showing up she's going to Become curious about that And I don't know how that Will affect her and Zeke first of all I'm completely against that relationship To begin with I think that it's just I, I don't uh, I don't like it um, so I'm fine with them breaking up behind that, but I do see that she's going to probably do her own investigating. Mm. Yeah, so like I um, I think that you know once she learns that Jabari is dead, um, I definitely think that she is going to cut things off with Zeke. Um, you know, because like now she, because she she knows there's some sort of connection between Zeke's family and what happened with the the the, uh, the person who passed away at the pool. Um, so she, you know, she might think that that you know that has something to do that it's related to Jabari's death. Um, so I think she will cut things off, um, and she may try to you know figure out what what really happened. With Jabari, she might go through his stuff um, and start, you know, connecting the threads. I also think that, you know, she might uh, get closer to um, Officer Joel Santana. Um, you know, and yep. uh, yeah, like because because she she's gonna, you know, she's gonna want the truth. And if if he starts investigating this murder, then that might draw her closer to him. And then you know, we might see some action there. Uh, I know you said he has a commitment to the boys, so I don't know how much he's going to show up, but 
um, it would be good if he could become like you know more of a reoccurring character I think but who knows well, well yeah I mean they, they have perfectly set this up where you need him to take on to where he, it, it's, it's there if he wants to step into a bigger role but it really depends on his time commitments because uh, obviously I know he's they're probably going to be starting to film the boys season uh, three soon so I don't know besides the boys what other stuff he's working on but he could come back for an appearance but I don't think it's it's not going to become a regular he's not going to be a regular on the show um, pending oh. how everything goes with you know the the Ronas and everything they yeah. are scheduled to film uh, in February okay Okay. Of this year, so the filming is scheduled for February first, and the goal is to end on August twelfth. Okay. So it's possible. Um, it's possible. We don't know. You know, there's a pandemic still going. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but 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 they, they definitely they definitely have have set it up for him to to be to take on a bigger role. Now the this you know. Now he has to get involved in this investigation since they, they've interacted with him specifically. So I feel like he has to definitely return next season in some capacity to be involved in that storyline. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I hope he does come back. But um, but yeah, the, this you know Carrie is kind of gonna carry on Jabari's story, I think. Um, and yeah. Um, there, there will be an investigation and it is going to put a lot of pressure on Tariq and the Tahada family so um, and it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how it affects Zeke as well but go ahead Rich w w w one point that I that I also want to make once again with the uh, the writers throwing in this stuff to, to it, it kind of like you can see sometimes when they're setting things up because it's in that last episode the previous episode is when she said she used to be a PI so oh, now yeah. you're going to see more of that come into play now next season with that character now that someone she knows was murdered so uh, they set that up uh, a certain type of way now I understand why they had made mention of her being a former PI so yeah we'll see, we'll see what happens next <laughs> I feel like she's gonna find, um, you know, Jabari's story about Tariq, and like, yep. that mm -hmm. will, you know, that will kind of lead her down the path of looking, a, taking a closer look at Tariq himself to see what that, connection, connection he has. So that, that 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 is easily the most dangerous thing about this situation. Like, like you obviously you killed off the guy, so he can't speak. But all the stuff he was working on, all of the stuff that he discovered. In terms of finding out about course correct, I don't know how much of that course correct stuff was written in within the actual uh, stuff that he was uh, plagiarizing. But uh, clearly, all of the stuff like that you saw when he was looking through all the news clippings, the stuff about Angela getting killed, all the stuff that he was looking at online, some of that is in there is in that manuscript to some extent. So we'll get a chance to see what all was in there. I'm assuming next season. As she starts to find out this information, but that's a very good theory about her finding all that stuff. Because yeah, we I think we know that's definitely going to happen for sure now. Yeah, indeed. So let's move on to you know um, basically the ending of of the finale, um, and you know let's discuss what happens here. So 
Um, so after what happened earlier with the explosion, you know, the, everybody believes, well, not everybody, but like the, the cops at least believe Tommy to be dead at that point. So, um, Tommy and Tariq get on the phone to one another, um, just to make sure everything is smoothed out. Um, and you know, basically, um, Tommy makes it appear like he's, he's on his way out the city, like he's, he's on the road and everything, but... Tariq, Tariq picks up on the fact that he's still planning to go after his mother, um, you know, and after the call, Tariq makes another phone call, but we don't see who that's to, but, um, <laughs> you know, obviously he's putting some more plans in place. So later, um, Tasha is at, you know, Jamie's grave, uh, which is also uh, right by Rayner's. So she's at the gravesite. You know, spending time and everything, and Tommy is lurking and ready, you know, for the kill. But Tariq shows up, and you know, there's another kind of intimate, um, you know, son and mother moment here between them. Um, and then, you know, some cars pull up before Tommy can kind of aim and shoot and everything. Um, and you know, the feds, the feds basically show up, and and Tariq says, you know, I'm sorry, mom, but. I have to send you away. This is the only way I can keep you safe. Um, cause, you know, he knows that Tommy isn't gonna stop. Um, and I don't think he, he exactly tells the feds who's after her cause they're just like, you know, we, we, we heard about a threat on your life. So we have to get you out of here. We have to get you into witness protect, protection or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they take her away. And then immediately after that, you know, Tommy, Come, comes out from behind the gravestone and grabs Tariq and you know points the gun at him and he's obviously angry and he tells him you know he's never going to stop like coming for for his mother and everything and then Monet shows up and um, kind of protects Tariq she holds gun at, at Tommy and you know they take his gun away and there's kind of like a face off you know between there's a stare down between Tommy and Monet um, and you know this is a great kind of face off I think um, but we'll get to that in a sec but um, but yeah like uh, basically you know they start talking about ghosts and everything and it kind of ends off with Tommy being like you know th this is exactly like you know what ghosts would do uh, in terms of you know all this planning and, and uh, manipulation and stuff on, on Tariq's behalf <laughs> um, and you know um, Tariq basically says, you know, he makes it clear he doesn't want Tommy to die. Um, and, you know, uh, Tommy says something to the extent of, you know, you'll, you'll never see me again um, after this. So, so, and that's kind of where it ends. He leaves and then the car pulls up with Drew and Diana, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so Tariq is basically a Tahada now, if you, if you think about it. But, but yeah, so that was kind of a, a real kind of deep string of, of events that kind of wrapped everything up. So I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of this ending. Um, was it a, you know a good ending for for this season and everything? So uh, what was that sigh you just did, Dana? What, let me let me know what you're thinking. Because you skipped over like eighty great things in that one scene. Oh yeah, bring it up. So bring, bring up bring up anything that stood out to you that I didn't mention you can bring it up let me know what you think so they get to the gravesite right mm -hmm. 
and you know he's there she's there explaining that you know she won't get to see him and that she's planning she's speaking basically to Raina saying that she's not going to be able to see her for a while and that you know she's ready to go but she didn't take the youngest kid the youngest kid is staying with the grandmother because she kept saying that oh she's not built for this life I'm like she's a child what is she built for you know the monkey bars and the slide that was a weird thing to say about your your small child um but yeah they left the child with the grandmother um and that she's all ready to go and the fact that you know she with the cops you know this is when she finally had this conversation and and she basically said you know you're not a killer and she's like yes and he's like yes I am that whole scene right there it solidified that he is truly now Tommy's he's true sorry he is truly now Ghost's son and that she completely lost him she lost him and there's no turning back from that and you have that realization in her eyes and she's like that's when that extremely sadness kind of comes and this is when I kept wondering when she kept saying you know I can't leave without you I can't leave without you and he refused to come and when he called the cops to say that she was there and it was that fake threat on her life which really wasn't fake because Tommy was really trying to kill her that was a very interesting moment because it showed that Tasha does not know how to survive by herself which really kind of broke my heart in a way when you had this this woman she was always attached to Ghost and remember there was that one scene that we saw when they kind of had that separation she's like I'm leaving him and packing all the bags and you remember she had her own little place and even though it was run down it was still her own little place um I kind of really thought that that was to signify that she can make it on her own and she's going to be okay but you kind of saw this attachment that she had to her son which is natural to have but it was that in that moment that I realized for me she truly can't survive without one um her son and two this whole environment I don't think, you know, I think that she wanted to get out of the out of the whole game situation, but I don't think that she wanted to be alone in doing that. Which is why there were so many moments when you saw when she was, you know, out by herself, what a small apartment that, but she still go, went back to the life that she knew, and you know that she was supposed to have the, um, what do you call it, the what was it, the babysitting thing gig, the daycare. Yeah. But yeah. she actually ended up using the daycare as a front for drugs. She can't survive without this. And I think that she views um, back then Tariq as a form of still being attached to that life. Even though he wasn't like in the drug dealing thing back then, he, it still was an attachment. And I don't think that she's able to survive. Um, um, Huck, what was it? Huckberry, Arizona? It's an actual real town. <laughs> <laughs> I googled it. It's sad. It's really, really sad. And no offense to people who live there. But if you live in New York City and you're used to money and flashiness and going out in the clubs and just basic convenience of the city life, you're going to be screwed because they have like the piggly wiggly and that's it. So sadness for her. Um, yeah, but I thought that was a very important moment because we kept saying, at least I kept saying, you know, I want to see... Tasha Breakaway. Remember we kept saying, oh, maybe she'll turn on her son? And mm-hmm. what's really going on? We finally saw Tariq not necessarily turn on, but completely snatch away the umbilical cord and break free from her and become <laughs> his own person. So I really, I really appreciated that moment. And then, 
you, you the whole time Tommy was like in the bushes hiding you know ready to shoot and he didn't because he didn't want to get caught um, I thought that whole Tommy scene as well when he came out and you know he was saying you know you're really truly ghost son you you became him oh my gosh what's really going on like you know he had that shock in that moment basically saying I don't ever want to see you again I don't want anything to do with you get away from me um, I thought that was really great too because now it establishes that Tariq has to make his own connections and be his own person and who did we see at the end we saw Monique and what I really loved about that whole scene with Monique when she put the gun to his head and she had the Monique? gun at the hip not Mon- yeah, no, I said Monique, Monet. Sorry. <laughs> but with Monet, she had the, you know, the, the gun right to his head and right at the hip. You know, and he's like, who's going to stand up against me? And it was that big power struggle, and it was just really great. Who has the balls to come against me? And she's like, I do. What? And I just love that whole dynamic that they played with that scene. And how, you know, they didn't cross each other. And I was waiting for a shootout. But there was no shootout. So that was just even great as well. Um, so I've really, truly loved that scene so much. And then you've seen that Tariq is now a part of Monet, Monet's family. Whether or not she trusts him, she's still dealing with him. And she's doing things for him. And vice versa. So he went out there. He became his own man. He made his own connect. Because remember... Uh, Tasha and Monet didn't really know each other. They knew of each other, but they didn't know each other. So that's him, him really becoming his own independent man. And yes, it, there are shadows and parts that is like ghost, but you also see him moving a little bit differently than his father. So I love that whole moment. Yeah, and and what I love about like that, you know, face-off between Tommy and Monet, because it's like you know Tommy doesn't back down. He stays completely true to the the character and who he is and then you know Monet stays true to who she is and it's like you know both of these people are like now people of power within this show and everything and it's like they're not backing down um and you know they have they 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 have guns pointed at each other even though they take away Tommy's um you know right away basically but um but yeah, it's like I'm I'm glad that they didn't compromise um Tommy's character in that moment just to say that, you know, Monet is the new big bad guy or or whatever, you know, however you wanna view her. Um I like that they, they, they kept it true to who he is and then they played off of the whole ghost thing. Um and you know, they're right by the remains of Ghost. Um well actually he's not in there. Um I wanna make that clear, you know. Jamie isn't in the grave, you know. But he's he's there. He's there. <laughs> nah, he, and and he's what I there. truly love, they had the call. Remember the final line it was still a callback to Ghost. Mm-hmm. Remember he said some ghosts never. He says no matter what, no matter what, Ghost never dies. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I I really love that because it was like, and, and Courtney Kemp said this too. But it was like, you know, um, Tommy represents the old power, Monet represents the new power. So it was like they were they were meeting in that moment and, you know, neither of them kind of backed down. But then it was kind of like, OK, Tommy was like, I'm going in my direction. You know, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with you. I'm, I'm going my own way. And then Monet and, and Tariq are now aligned. So 
yeah um i i liked that aspect of how the show ended um but yeah dana you was gonna say something else real quick yeah, no, I didn't see. I know that they're saying the old power and the new power. For me, I thought it was all equal power in this weird way. Like you said, they did a really great job of constructing a universe mm-hmm. where you have your your you know Batman in one area, Superman's over there. Maybe if they improve Wonder Woman, she's over there. So they they have their own parts that they're power of. But when they come together, there is this weird respect all for each other. But, you know, in the back of their minds, they don't have any problem taking each other out, but they're going to still have that respect for each other. Where they, I don't see them crossing into each other's territories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, but Rich, what, what's your thoughts on this whole kind of ending sequence? Well I, well, I thought it was fantastic. Um, the dialogue between Tommy and Monet, uh, I didn't have any issues with that. I did think in the very beginning when um, when we saw Tasha at the gravesite. I mean, I already knew that Tommy was still going to come after Tasha because he made it very clear he was still going to come after her. Um, I, however, thought that you know it was going to be a situation where he succeeded in getting to Tasha and taking her out. But obviously, I mean, I think that that is going to be a driving force behind Power Book Five Force. If you get my drift, <laughs> um, so so that, that's why they don't because I mean obviously he he has and he has a motive of wanting to go after her. I know a lot of people uh, they want to see her pay for what happened to uh, Latasha. Um, so it, they are going to obviously be looking forward to seeing when they had their whole encounter because it is going to happen at some point. But um, for right now, I was very satisfied with how they ended the show uh, for this particular season. Um, and then again, you know, him calling Monet in, yeah, obviously that's who he called. What we did not see was him calling the uh, officers in to take his mom away immediately. They 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 didn't show us that for the reason because when the police showed up, I thought, well, that's probably not who Tommy. Uh, that's probably not who uh, Tariq called. Uh, but he did call them. That just they just didn't show us that particular moment. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, his whole thing, and then then again, him finally coming to the realization that this is who he wants to be, this is what he wants to do. Um, Yeah, it's him basically saying, yes, Mom, thank you for everything that you've done for me, but now I am my own man, I'm doing my own decisions. I want you to be safe, so I'm going to send you away to do what you want to do. And I think how Dana explained that whole dynamic of Tasha, you know, being someone who she wanted to have some type of protection, some type of survival on her own. I think that was very well said. So I, I don't have anything to add to that because I think that's exactly what it was that we saw from that particular character. Um, so I'm very curious to see how she gets by in witness protection. Um, and of course, now that it has been confirmed that uh, Tariq chose Monet and is going to continue to work with Monet. Now we're going to see how that relationship blossoms even further. And obviously there's still going to be some issues that they have to deal with. They are not as protected because they do not have Ramirez anymore. So I'm curious to see what type of problems they're going to encounter heading into the next season. Because obviously we already know the death of the uh, Professor Jabari 
is going to definitely be a big issue but I also believe there's going to be more issues that they encounter because whoever was working with Rico maybe someone who was above Rico that person is now possibly going to be gunning for them also so it'll be curious I'll be curious to see who are the people that are going to be gunning after the, the Tejadas now that they have no form of protection whatsoever so that's going to be interesting for sure yeah yeah definitely um yeah great thoughts um and I guess the only questions left are um so first of all do you guys have any predictions about what might be next for for Tommy you know um in his show hmm I uh I have some predictions um so I think that you know, obviously, I know that they are going to start filming. Uh, I guess they're, 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 like, right now, they're, uh, from what Courtney Kemp says, they're they're figuring out their schedules because they have to finish filming uh, *Raising Canaan*, which is going to debut in the summertime. I don't know if they're done with that yet. They may have a, maybe a, like a few more episodes to film. They're, they're not done yet. Um, as someone who lives on the block where they film. <laughs> like literally, they're like right outside. I, like, I could just go and take a walk. No, they had, haven't posted up yet, so not yet. So, so, they, they, so, so stars needs to hook you up and uh, let you make a cameo <laughs> appearance in one like, of these episodes. I, this is why I keep walking down streets and just crossing the street really slowly. I'm like, oh, there's a cameo. It work out. So Actually, I, yeah. I think I um I think I saw Dana running in a scene where like where. Uh, Tom, Tommy's Mustang pulls off after the shootout. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, so to answer your question about the uh, force, um, if I had to make a guess how this show is going to be constructed, I, I believe it will take place once again after the events of what happened with ghosts getting killed. Tommy wants to go to Chicago. I'm going to say uh, California. To start anew, maybe things uh, don't you know take a while to get really situated there. We do know that there is a connect that they introduced in power already, which Tommy is possibly going to be the guy who he works with. But for whatever reason, I'm pretty sure that while Tommy is there, he gets word of what's happening uh, back in, in 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 New York, and that will lead for him to come back to New York uh, to 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 confront Tasha. So we're definitely going to see. We're definitely going to see the scene where he comes back and steals his mom's car because we didn't see that in this episode for a reason. I feel we're going to see him interact with Two Bit because Two Bit is out now, um, so he may have some type of interaction with him. You may see him have the interaction with uh, Cash that we saw the end of in this particular episode, and I think from there, after you see the stuff that happened with Monet, I think from there, from that point forward, the show is possibly going to be about Tommy trying to track down Tasha so that he can get revenge uh, over all the stuff that has happened. Now, She's obviously... What, say what? She's in Huckleberry, Arizona. There's nothing to track. It's all... <laughs> <laughs> and the Piggly Wiggly. So, 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 he, he, so, he, so he, he's definitely going to make a trip. He's definitely going to make a trip there. Um, I feel like that is the one thing that I really do applaud uh, Courtney Kipp and the writers for because they made sure with this finale they did so many things well where it really makes you see what the future of the show could be 
and it can go in a lot of different directions, what can happen with different characters. But with the Tommy stuff in particular, um, I, I kind of feel like with that character, because know, we know that this is a fan-favorite character, I feel like he's going to have an epic season. Uh, so they're going to definitely explain some of the backstory of what was happening with him all throughout this season. And then, of course, eventually with him going after Tasha, I, I think that's, that's uh, inevitable to happen. What I, you know, and, and one, th- one line that I, that I do want to say, and I know Dana pointed this out earlier, that I really love about Tommy, when he had that conversation with Tariq, and Tariq was telling him that you, you shouldn't go after, you, you shouldn't go after my mob, you don't know what could happen, Tommy says, I want all the smoke. <laughs> so, <laughs> that right there, yes, I can't wait for the Tommy show, because I'm pretty sure he knows if he does kill Tasha, Something is going to happen with Tariq after that Where they're going to have to have another confrontation Even though he said he doesn't want to see He's not going to see him ever again I don't know if that's entirely true That that's going to not happen I mean we have to see what the overall plan is But it's so exciting to know That they can go in multiple directions So I'm looking forward to that Yeah Yeah I'm very excited <laughs> to I'm excited to, to, to know which uh, Direction they're going with this Because there's so many possibilities now um, and they they can use so many characters that are that we even see in Power Book too. So like you know Two Bit, um, you know maybe some of the some of the other street people we've seen could show up in in Tommy's show as well. So um, that's pretty oh, yeah. exciting. Also, um, and I'll oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say Two Bit was the only one that has been loyal to Tommy thus far. So I kind of feel like it is inevitable that they're gonna have another interaction on that show. Um, it just didn't happen quite yet, but it is going to happen in Tommy's show. I, if I had to make a guess, and and one 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 other final prediction that I do have, because I also want you to go to Dana. Um, what I do feel is that I know a lot of people feel because they feel that ghosts can make cameo appearances in the Tommy show as a flashback, maybe. But one one thing that I that I definitely do think is a possibility to happen in Tommy's show. Maybe Tommy has flashbacks to the good times that he had with Tasha. Because I kind of feel like that whole season, he's going to be struggling with the fact that he has to kill her. And maybe he's going to think about some of the positive things that they've encountered. But of course, the negative outweighs the positive. So that's probably another way that they will use Natari on this other show. In the sense that they'll show the happier times that she had with Tommy as friends. Uh, Because obviously they know each other very well. Uh, you got a taste of that in regular power and the fact that they both were familiar with James and his antics and they was able to navigate around all of that as friends. So that's my guess as to how they would use, utilize her in that show as, you know, to show some of the positive moments that they have. But ultimately, it's not going to end well because power is not a show where everything ends positively for everybody. So um, but I look forward to it regardless of how they... Uh, how they go about doing it yeah yeah and um, and <laughs> one thing I want to say before before, uh, before I head to you Dana is um, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to um, like because in this episode like I, I got it, it was kind of like reminiscent to what they did in Power season 6 where it's like these events happen with this character but then maybe they're going to show what this character was fully doing the whole time 
Um, so I'm wondering if like episode one of Tommy's show is going to show like you you kind of mentioned this a little rich but like show you know what Tommy was doing during the timeline of this whole episode so like you know of yeah. course we see him with, with Cash um, and, and everything else and maybe they'll even show how he you know pulled off the explosion and, and you know surviving that and stuff like that so I'm wondering if like episode one will just be this episode again but like through Tommy's eyes kind of thing um so that that would be yeah oh oh, so you mean like they'll have the character say something different and like they did with power season six where some of the dialogue is different from the different perspective yeah i mean well i don't really want them to change the dialogue but just like you know just show (laughs) show us everything he was doing on his side because there was only like really a few scenes if you think about it where we where we saw him um, yeah. So like they could fill in a lot of blanks there before like they kind of move on to to the next part of his story kind of thing. Um, so I'm wondering if they'll take that route or if it will just be like a complete fresh start, um, like the next day kind of thing. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. But um, yeah, Dana, what what did you uh, what do you think is next for Tommy? What in the Disney Junior are you talking about with Tommy thinking of the good times and growing a conscience? (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that. (laughs) I want to see my killer come out hunting people. This was the man who had a machine gun to kill Proctor in his tiny New York City apartment. (laughs) Who shot up an entire penthouse. I don't even know if the neighbors lived. And you want him to think of the good times with Tasha? What? No. No. Respect, but no. Absolutely not. That's not the Tommy I want. I don't want him crying. I don't want him to have a softer side. He can be nice with cash. That's it. But no. Um, Other than that, what I want for for next season or somebody's season, I need for um, Tariq to have an electric scooter because I am tired of seeing him run around all of New York City without a car or anything. <laughs> so that would that would be nice. Um, I want to see. I like the idea that you had with us showing where Tommy was during the finale. How when did he come back? How did he learn that Tasha was basically putting his name in his mouth for the whole season? Where was he? I like that idea. I would like to see that. Um, what type of connections did he make while he was in California? What was he even doing? Did he come back just to see his son? Or was it like, I'm going to come back, see my son, and kill Tasha? Like, I need to know his itinerary for the day. That would sound really great. Um, also, you know, we have a lot of things that they left that was open-ended for a reason because we are getting a season two. So I need to know how that works. I need to know about the dynamic between Monet and Tariq. Is Tariq going to be relying on Monet all the time or is he forging his own path where he just uses her as a resource? Um, I still believe that Kane and Tariq is going to end up becoming some form of a Tommy and ghost situation. Two crazy people running around, but even though Kane is more crazy, I need to know what, you know, what triggers him. So that would be nice to know. Also, also the biggest thing that I want to know, I don't know at this point if Tariq is going to still be in school. 
I don't view that as it being one of his main factors. Because remember, that was the driving force in order for him to get the money that he needed from ghosts. Remember the trust fund. But now with his mother in Huckberry, not Huckleberry. No, it was, what is it? What did I say? Huckberry. I have it in the chat. It's Hackberry, by the way. And it's real. It's a real place in Arizona. Hackberry. Piggly Wiggly. Um, with his mother being in Hackberry and his sister being taken care of by his grandmother and him kind of doing his own thing where yes he's smart and we do see him in school but we don't really see him in school it's more like the drug thing is he really going to go back to school that has been the main thing that I want to know that was the driving force to get him to that place and kind of like a go saying screw you to Tariq but he doesn't need that at that moment right now so that's something that's really I want to know in the forefront is he coming back to school or is he going to be like just on campus you know but not really interacting um so that would be great and aside from the Tommy thing I need to know what his next move is just in general what is his plan forget Tasha forget Tariq remember he said don't ever come we're not going to see each other basically you're dead to me what's his life what does that look like that's what I want to know and then I know that we have the whole Kane thing we already know what the whole Kane situation is kind of explained itself but um those are my questions but i deeply want to know what's going to go with the school situation for me and also now that we have the murder mystery that's coming up how is that going to kind of be involved is because now um the girl whose name that i can't remember who was the teacher for some reason who was going with the student zeke i can't remember her name carrie Carrie. So now because of Carrie and she finds out, does does that mean that Tariq has to take out Carrie? What's going on with that situation? So yeah, there's a lot of questions that they left unanswered that make me excited, which is weird because we was not excited when this show started. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess off the back of that, you know, um, Rich, like what what's your thoughts on um, you know the this the season as a whole, and what your expectations are for the power shows moving forward now. Well, uh, this is a perfect example where a lot of people went into this show thinking, "Well, there's no way in hell that you can get me to watch a show starring uh, Tariq," because the way that they you utilize the character in season six. It was done in a way that made you want to dislike the character. Um, and you also, a lot of people was rooting for him to get killed. Some people wish, wishing and hoping, oh, well, maybe he'll get killed by the season finale. There's no way hell, I mean, there's no way hell that's going to happen when the show is about him. And this is only the first season and they had greenlit a season two. There's no way that's going to happen. So I think going into it, there was a lot of skepticism that the show was going to actually be, um, you know, um, something that people want to watch, but I'm I'm happy to report that within I think the third episode or so, third or fourth episode, I was completely sold on the show because, again, as I mentioned on this podcast multiple times, the way that they designed the show, it made you both dislike Tariq but also want to root for Tariq because there was a lot of characters that were gunning for Tariq, and the way they set that up where all these different characters all had an agenda, they all was trying to go after Tariq, it made you curious to see how he was going to get out of the situation. And I think overall, 
now from here on out, I will never doubt uh, Courtney Kemp's ideas for what she wants to do with certain characters on the show. I mean, I may not necessarily like every idea that she uh, brings to the table, but I think she did a very good job in with this show because it made people want to watch the show. And then, of course, bringing in other characters that you have already announced are also having spinoff shows. That was very smart because it gives you more context as to what is the direction that they can take these characters moving forward. So in terms of the ghost show, fantastic job. Uh, I will forever continue to watch the power shows now because they have me fully invested and intrigued in the characters. As for the spinoffs, um, obviously I'm looking forward to the Tommy show. That, that, that is, without a doubt, the show I'm probably looking forward to the most right next to the Canaan, Raising Canaan, the other show. Um, and of course, uh, whenever uh, Lorenz Tates gets his show taken off, I look forward to that as well. But, you know, regardless of that, you know, I, I have to say that I'm very impressed by the strategy that both Courtney Kemp and 50 Cent had when they when they decided to know when power was ending and then they had this plan to bring the show back in the form of other spinoff show is a very well executed plan and so far it's paid off well because like i said power ghost was excellent uh so i look forward to seeing what's what's next for the characters in the universe as a whole but yeah excellent job and i was wrong about <laughs> the show in the beginning i'm glad that i was wrong and that the show turned out to be pretty pretty pr- pr- pretty damn great yeah. We were all so uh, wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I uh I definitely echo your thoughts like this show exceeded my expectations. They pulled me right back into the power universe and now I'm excited to see what the future will bring for all of these shows. Um so you know, definitely great job to Courtney Kemp, 50 Cent and you know the the whole power writing team and stars as well for that. Um, I will say that sometimes it, it throughout, you know, the, the season, it did feel a bit like it was baby power to me, like, um, but, <laughs> but baby um, power. Yeah, baby power, you know, like, uh, just, just, a, just a, a, a more, a more toned down, a more toned down version of, of the original. But this last episode, though, kind of brought it back and it, it, it brought back that feeling again. So, I think so, that I think that now that Tariq is is obviously like the the actor is growing and Tariq the character is growing, so I feel like it's gonna it's gonna age up, it's gonna go up to another I, level. I think so. So that's good. I'm so, I'm sorry. I just want to ask. So what, what 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 do you feel about this finale? Made you come to that conclusion that now this is a legit power power show? Is, is it just about? The fact that Tariq finally killed somebody, or is it uh, the fact that Tommy was in it, or what, what, what were the other reasons that made you feel that now this is on level with, with the regular Power Show? Yeah, I think it was just all of those elements kind of combined, like the fact you had Tommy coming back now, um, and then the like there was multiple scenes in this episode where Tariq kind of you know really took on that moniker of of Ghost, like he mm-hmm. he really. You know, became that, and in, in this episode specifically, um, so it now it feels like there is a ghost in in power. Whereas, like throughout a lot of this season, it was like we saw little inklings of him becoming his father, but like it, it wasn't. You know, he was still kind of that Tariq that we knew previously. So it, it kind of happened 
slowly, like the build up, I guess. Um, but you know, this episode kind of was like, yeah, like now he he's really kind of earned that that moniker, and you know, now I want to see how far they push it moving forward. Um, and you know, that's not an insult when I said you know it felt like baby power sometimes. You know, sometimes it just, you know, it just, just some of the stuff was, I mean, it's understandable because, you know, they're on a college campus. So you have to have some of those elements in there from that you would find at a college campus. So it's understandable. I'm not dissing it, but it just, you know, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, they, 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 they substituted the club life for the college life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I originally described it as Black Riverdale. Like, it did not have a good opening <laughs> it, it relied too heavily on power and so I can definitely see power junior but the thing for me was the turning point was was each episode perfect heck no there were moments in which I was flat out asleep in the season but for me it was the turning point of Tariq finally being his own man even if that in a sense you could say oh I see ghost up in you he is his own man he's not that kid that was floundering around from the first episode I finally saw that transformation so to me it seems like everything that he does is now more calculated towards his future yeah yeah and I also think part of it also was um, and you know this is this is nothing against Michael Rainey Jr. but like Tariq Tariq wasn't believable as you know this gangster kid like this gangster prodigy in the beginning Um, just because he was you know he looked like a pretty boy you know student like he he looked the part of (laughs) pretty boy that that doesn't sound positive uh, Gary yeah like he, he 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 doesn't look like somebody who's mixed up in the streets and who you know who's street smart and stuff like he he just has too much of like a a pretty boy clean cut look but 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 you know you know yeah Go you ahead. know since, since, since you mentioned that we need to give a shout out to the stylist for this show because they had this brother looking sharp with the burgundy suits and all <laughs> these other clothes you know obviously inspired by some of the same type of outfits that other characters have had but then also other stuff that was specific to him so mm. you got to give a shout out to that for sure <laughs> yeah, definitely shouts to the stylists and everything. They do an amazing job. But um but just just to uh kind of clean that up a little bit cuz I don't want Michael Rainey to hear this and come after me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that that last episode as I was saying, like that made me, you know, made made him feel more believable as goes to me. And I, yeah. think, I think that you know now, as because the character the character is growing and the actor Michael Rainey he's growing as well. I'm pretty sure when we see the next season, there's going to be a noticeable you know aging in him because once you're that age, you do kind of grow fast, you know, like into an into a fully fledged adult and everything. So um, I think he's going to to start looking more believable now, um, moving yeah. forward. Like he's going to look the part now. I think so. Um, and and just further to what Dana said earlier, I think we're going to see a driving Tariq in the ne- in the next season. He's probably going to get a set of wheels now because he's probably with about Heelys. that age. Hmm? Good with heelys. I'm good with heelys. Just I'm running. <laughs> I'm tired. I feel like I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was running in this episode too. I laughed when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> 
sit on the train. Just yeah. Like, a, like my, he's great lungs. And that's also funny too, because anytime he was running, the, the music that started playing, that I laughed at that also. <laughs> that, that, that same musical theme for Tariq. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to get a hoop tee in the next episode. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Dana, you already kind of said your expectations and um, what you're looking for in the next kind of season and shows of power. So I just want to ask you uh, basically what are your thoughts on this season, you know, season one of book two? Like, what's your thoughts after watching it all now? Um, and, you know. Um- the whole show or just this one episode like the whole the whole season the whole season I would give it a solid 7 Jason Derulo's (laughs) (laughs) a 7 it was 7 a solid 7 it was here's the thing each episode was not perfect Mm -hmm. there were moments that were frustrating for you know just a watcher and there were questions that I had and there were so many loopholes it was like but the way how they established something and was able to come back to it later mm-hmm. you know and really you know give us that full arc for the characters who got their full arc it was very well executed and if you look at it at the end of the day this is a coming of age story and they fully developed that so seven Jason Derolos okay um, I will say this was significantly better than season six of power to me so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try, well, well, I, so it, it, is is this because? Uh, well, yeah, I know, I know, I know why. But continue, continue. <laughs> well, the reasoning is because, um, like, I tried to rewatch season six recently because because before this came back, I did rewatch um, all of Power. Um, basically, when the when the the first lockdown happened, I rewatched yeah. like all of Power. Um, but when I tried to watch season six, I just noticed a significant difference um, in 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 how Jamie was written compared to previous seasons and stuff, and I just immediately hated it again. Um, so so yeah, I, I like every every see like Power season one to five is classic to me. Season six is just something else. Like I, I just I just look at it differently. So. Um, but yeah, it was a wee bit Games of Thrones in the sense that they felt like it was rushed, and it was just trying to get to shooting ghost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got, I got, I definitely got a sense of that. And he was just acting out of character like the whole season. Like he didn't, he wasn't acting like himself. Um, to me. Yeah, well, possibly because he knew he knew the show was ending. So yeah, That's why he said, well, let's just. Yes, very, very emotional, emotional performances by Amari Hardwick, though. So I guess. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, I, I put this over season six of Power, and um, I'll give it, I'll give it like a. Um, uh, let me think here. Um, I'll give it a seven point five. I was gonna give it an eight, but. Um, you know, it's just I feel like there's room for improvement in terms of like pacing and just how you know um, they they let these storylines flow and stuff. Mm. But um, but yeah, it, it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. Definitely recommend it to anyone who who basically said 
that they're not going to watch this because there's a lot of people who just chose not to watch book two um i yeah. i think all of those people should give it a chance um and i'm very excited for what the future brings for do, power so do y'all do y'all feel that the viewership for the tommy show is going to be higher than this show yeah Absolutely, just because of the sheer, you know, greatness that is Joseph Sakura. To me, he helped to make power. Mm -hmm. He was that crazy character. That's you have no idea what he's going to do. And just as a watcher of the show, that's what makes things exciting. When you have that character, you can't predict at all. So, yes, he has no morals in the sense of, say, Ghost, or even if he was to compare it to Omar from The Wire. There's no morals. Yeah. So, I loved it. That's me makes that character. I, I think the Tommy show will be when a lot of people come back to power, because it's like, they like all, they don't have to do a lot with the marketing. Like it, all, all they have to do is, like, obviously show clips of the show and say, Tommy is back, power is back, or whatever. And, you know, once people see Tommy and they see flashes of, like, other things, instantly, the, like, all of the fan base that's lying dormant is going to come back. Like, their, their curiosity is going to shoot up. And then there's going to be theories that Ghost might come back or something, probably. Oh, God, so, please let that go. So, <laughs> like, can we just leave that in 2020? Things I never want to hear again is Ghost coming back. Yeah, I mean, it might not happen, but, like, I feel like that's going to be a thing that makes people come back to to watch again so 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 yeah i, I feel like tom the tommy show is going to be very successful in my opinion but go ahead rich yeah i was gonna say uh yeah uh, yeah I, I i i'm in agreement with dana I, I, he doesn't have to come back he has other movies that he's a movie coming out this year that i just saw a trailer army for of recently the dead. he's an army of the dead that's the huge one that's coming to netflix and it already got a prequel plus he's in spell with loretta divine that was oh yeah yeah you do what you gotta do but for one thing he, he is choosing project projects that is trying to help show his range yeah. so i cannot knock that at all and i think that when omari is locked when an actor just in general is locked into a show or a project that's so long term we only just get to see that and I think that by him leaving the show which is why I really want him to leave he is able to show that he has more to offer than what the ghost character is yeah. and we saw pieces of that if you was to watch Spell yeah I, yeah, I, did, I did see Spell uh -huh. I agree so yeah that's me I was like let him prosper yeah, Dana was saying that she thinks he's the next Denzel, so... Oh, what? No, I'm playing. But, um, Rich, give me, what, what's your score for, for this? So, let me see. Dana gave it 7. Jason Derulo's, uh, you gave it a 7.5. Uh, this is tough uh, For the whole season I, I, I do believe uh, You know 7 and 7.5 are both good scores If I had to score it I, I would probably give it the same But <clears throat> I, I definitely would give This season finale The highest rating of every of every episode This season Because of how it tied everything up uh, And left some things lingering for another season So I would give The entire season Maybe about a seven point five, 
but I would give this episode here like a nine out of ten. Solid nine out of ten. Now I don't want to say ten out of ten because it can still be improved upon even further. But I would definitely, whatever in any in any event, it is the best best episode the, this entire season in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, th- this is definitely the the best episode. I would give it. Um, yeah, I'd give it a nine two. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so that is our score. And um, if you're the average listening, rating would be seven point three. <laughs> oh, there you go. Dana's good at math. Quick so. maths. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that's, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah so um so if you're listening to this we definitely want to hear from you too let us know all of your thoughts and theories drop them in the comments you know on the youtube or on the website the coalition.com coalition is spelled with a k um and you know if you're listening on spotify you know definitely you know you can hit us up on social media uh, at the coalition on twitter the coalition underscore ig on instagram the coalition on facebook or like i said you know visit the website or bring up the video on youtube and drop the comments we definitely want to hear all theories and everything there um shouts to rob silver who sent you know a voice clip as well um and yeah um we we will continue to cover power in the long term as well as other shows um so you know subscribe to us um and yeah uh we thank everybody for supporting what we've done here and we also want to give you know a a big huge shout out to the stars team and courtney kemp for everything that they've done and um also shouts to 50 cent because he did release a new uh music video um (laughs) called part of the game which has a lot of promo clips for raising canaan so um definitely check that out as well um, and I'm 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 very excited for that show, just because of like the the um you know the the late 80s early 90s gangster New York aesthetic. Um, that's really like that's really a time that kind of inspires me. Um, you know, He's just obsessed. Uh-oh. He's Uh-oh. obsessed. <laughs> In yeah. New York City, Gary is also obsessed with New York City and the violence and crime. All the <laughs> stuff. Give him death <laughs> and murder in the 80s and 90s. My gosh. Yeah, man. Like, I, I just, I, I like, I like gangster stuff, man. So, it, yeah, the, the the show is gonna be good. The, the casting for the show is, is fantastic as well. So, I'm looking forward to that. Some summer 2021. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yep. So yeah, um, this was a long show. We we uh we thank you for being patient if you have listened this far. Um, but yeah, we will be back in the future. So. Thank you all once again. Stay safe. Have a happy 2021. Rest in peace, MF Doom. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, bless bless praises to everyone. You know, so hopefully a lot of people will return and and we'll connect again once the next power show kicks off. So uh, till then, be safe and peace out. <laughs> <laughs>